Okay, all I said, I just I said all I want is just is just a picture. If you have a picture of the rapper, that's all I want. Like just just <laughs> just an image. Why would they have a picture of the rapper? What the? Because someone would have made that. Some uh, graphic designer mate. Have you ever worked in? It's on a, a, it's on a floppy disk. Twenty years ago, you know, the floppy disk is gone, mate. It's gone. Fucking hell. Welcome to the Well Played DLC Podcast, Australia's juiciest gaming podcast. I am Zach Jackson, joined by James Wood. Howdy, gamers. Adam Bryan. Hello. Nathan Hennessy. G'day. And Rhiannon Austin. Hey, how's it going? How are we all this week? We're all a bit Question shit, up. aren't we? <laughs> no. I'm fine. Get pumped, I say. <laughs> yeah, Rhiannon's definitely the best of us. Yeah. <laughs> the Blues are on a four-game four win, four win streak. Oh, the Life is good. Oh, the baggers are up and about. I'm up and about. Life is good. Oh, I know we've we've touched on this before, but what what's the why are they what do they, they have they to do with bags? Yeah. What's the bag? They're just called the blue baggers. I don't know. It's just been a thing like since balls? forever. That makes so it makes as much sense as everything else AFL related. Which is none. Makes as much sense as your decision to fucking shave your face, yep. mate. So it took, let me just check, a minute and fourteen seconds. <laughs> I nearly was gonna say it right in the intro, but you uh you know, you got an extra minute. Thanks, mate. Really appreciate no it. No worries, mate. No, you look no, you are looking good, mate. You look fresh. You, you yeah, don't have you to look- lie, it's okay. It's no, Zach right. loves a good jawline. I do yeah, like a good you, jawline. Yeah, you have a lovely mate, jawline. Clunting. You. You're in a uh, good pedigree. <laughs> Going deep this early in the pod. Oh, what a, what, a, what a unit. Oh. It's go good. deep it's good. or go it's good home, to be right? here, all five of us. Nathan, it's good to have you back. My pleasure is abundant. I'm so happy to be here. Mm, Adam, welcome back. Thanks, mate. It was, <laughs> it was, I don't know, like it was It, it was intimate last week. Uh, it was intimate. But, um, yeah. But yeah I'm, it did I'm make for a very coherent again. round table. Mm. It did, didn't it? <laughs> Like I was like, yeah, couple I can of, fuck um, with this. Couple of people uh, messaged me and kind of, you know, at the 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 dig that I gave uh, a three people podcast, being like calling it a pub gig was um, <laughs> was that popular? Rather, oh, uh, well, it depends how you look at it. I guess. <laughs> I mean, well, this is well, this is the this is the band. Like this is the the full. It. This is the world tour. You know, that's this a, is everyone you know. together. Absolutely. We should go on tour. No, we shouldn't. Maybe. What would we possibly do? <laughs> what value do we add to different states? We, people come to our show and go, all right, I've learned how not to do a podcast tonight. So there yeah. you, go. Uh, you should You should do a panel at PAX. How to not, what not to do on a let podcast. Let the audience try and figure out how Adam, Zach and I are related. <laughs> yeah. Is oh, that, that's good. Are you for real? Could be. Who's well, to say? We have a we share a similar trait. You're white men. <laughs> That's a good we, one. We, f- <laughs> we share a few similar traits. <laughs> That's one. <clears throat> I don't know if I want to know the rest. We're all from the wonderful Apple Isle that is Tasmania. So 
likely we both we all have the big nut and before that place got electricity which was quite late to the 20th century anything went yep it's true family lines all all blurry i knew there was something you know yeah i didn't know we're 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 good over here yeah (laughs) yeah are you from adelaide yeah you only just got sunday trading we only just got what sorry no wa and we only just got what sunday trading do you confuse adelaide with the entire state of Western Australia. What just happened? What else there? is going on? I just said James is from Adelaide. Full stop. Moved on because that's just that's just the insult that I have. Uh, that's, that's all there is to say. Fair call. Um, but yeah, no. Nah, WA is all right. Goes hard. Good barbecue culture. Oh yeah, we have barbecues in the park. It's great. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? So um, I assume no, this just, was a ubiquitously Australian thing. You just reminded wait, me. Um, wait, really? So- what barbecues in the park? Yeah, you don't have a, a monopoly on that, I'm afraid. Oh, <laughs> I thought we were special. I did. I did chuckle to myself when I heard that last week. That was delightful. Um, someone <laughs> did suggest though. Uh, did Adam? Did you listen to last week's podcast? I only listen to things with my own voice, mate. <laughs> How do you like- so not okay, true. Well, I hate um, listening to myself. But no, I did. We um to the ego on this one. We discussed who, how a well-played barbecue would operate, and you got the role of being in charge of the tongs. Though, someone has reached oh, out to me. Look out. Someone has reached out to me and said there's a there's a better option, and we didn't even give him the time of day. Which Ash Whaling. Oh. Oh, now he. Master 3000. Yeah. As, he, as I've always called him. He would rock the tongs. I'll, I'll concede. Because yep. someone said that you'd, that you'd get a, a good cook snag, a comedy show, and yeah. all that <laughs> well, in one. I'm I'm a, a fan. five minute lesson on Transformers. Yeah, I'd be a f- <laughs> five minutes. Look, that's yeah. Five. <laughs> I'm being polite. Yeah. <laughs> Look, You're any in. good barbecue has two people at the barbecue. You know what I mean? There's one person yeah, well, who's mm. you know making sure things don't burn, and then there's mm. the person who's you know tonging things out to people. You that's know what correct. I mean? We'll get the mm-hmm. one of those big public ones that you you have to press the button every once in a while that has that has two going. So Ash can be at one. How did you know about those? I thought they were just in WA. <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen pictures. Stop. Mm, okay. Hey, actually, speaking of the the park barbecue, um, in WA, do you have to feed it gold coins or do you, is it just free for all? No, a we're a mining state. What's wrong what? with you? <laughs> have you? Okay. So not, not gold coins, ones? just gold. No, <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have not seen the ones with You're thinking of a pool table, coin Zach. Machines. It's a very different thing. Well, Nathan, is Nathan with Why am I sex here? cooking? Have you seen those? Have I seen what, sorry? We have to, you have to put like the coins in. Yeah, actually... they exist in Tassie. Um, yeah, see, thank you very much. I will say though. Oh, sorry, in I'm Tassie, a fucking maybe. asshole for being <laughs> I will say yeah. though, sometimes you have to go to, so if the park is, you know, near... Uh, like a council or something like that, you probably, you have to go in and you have to get the key because people steal the gas bottle. That's one of those Shows. neighbourhoods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Sometimes, yes. Yeah. It's not like that in Tasmania? That's qu- No, that's a... That's no, they a steal everything roof. else though. <laughs> yeah, if it ain't nailed down. Uh, they love climbing under the cars. They just take the whole barbecue, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, just take, why stop at the gas bottle? All right, let's talk about video games, shall we? It's been an exciting week of games, I bet. Uh, Nathan and Adam, talk to their words. Tell me what you've been playing the last week and a bit, mm. if it's relevant. Get in there, Nathan. 
I'll, I'll bury the lead and start with the less exciting one. Um, haven't been in my my most girl boss phase lately, so I've been doing a lot of indoors surviving during the cold. Pl- uh, warming up with a bit of Octopath Traveler too. I'm a little bit a uh, uh, little bit warmer on it. A little bit hotter on it than the first game. Didn't like the first game much. This is ticking a few more boxes for me, particularly in the writing and the voice acting. Brilliant. Uh, but the thing I've really been digging into since we last spoke is Diablo 4, which I know has been a recurring theme here. Um, so one of my mates, to try and get me out of my funk, he's like, I've got the antidote for you, mate. We're going to start off couch co-op. We're going to roll a couple of hardcore characters on Diablo 4. I was like, that's not me. I don't, you know, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't play Diablo as a hardcore player. I don't love it that much. It's just something I do mindlessly. It's, you know, it, scratch, it scratches that dopamine itch. He's like, no, no, do it. It's it's a journey. So I took it with him. We'll get, we're going to hit level 50 tonight. Oh, <laughs> bravo. It's, and it has been a journey. A very, very exciting one with a lot of near misses and a lot of peril. It's, um, it's really taken what was a great game and made it fantastic for me. It's just absolutely redefined the experience. And it's a hardcore that's not cheap. You'll never walk into a fight where there's just you just die. Like, it's such a balanced experience. Um, I'd love to talk more about it, but I shouldn't. It's fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. It is very good. <clears throat> Adam, what have you been up to? Uh, a bit light on. I have been playing a bit of Synth, excuse me, Synth Riders, which is more or less a VR game that wants to be Beat Saber that isn't. It's less choppy, more flowy. Yeah, there we go. There's there's my analog breakdown of it. Um <laughs> But I also played Bus Simulator 21 for a laugh with a couple of mates. And it is, if if you have a spare like half an hour, it's worth playing just to, to laugh at the stupidity of it. It's dumb and awful, but if you play it with some friends, there's a lot of a lot of fun to be had. It was on like the, the PlayStation Plus catalog. I didn't pay for it. God, no. But it's, um yeah, if you have some like-minded mates that you just want to kind of, you know, do a, do a bus route with, I'd recommend is there a genuinely enjoyable game in there like nope. Euro Truck? No. <laughs> oh, okay. No, it's pretty shit, man. But it's yeah, uh, right. it's a lot of fun, though. <laughs> yeah, okay. It Yeah, it's squarely in the so shit it's fun category a, oh, of no, like... Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm sh- I Euro don't know. Maybe a good, good time. Yeah, it doesn't have that quality where I can step back and be like, no, I can see, you know, hardcore trucking enthusiasts getting into this. I, I don't know who this is for. Hmm. Who likes Germans. catching the bus? Not me. Absolutely not. Fucking tourists do, mate. That's what I say. Um, I don't know. There's something special about catching the bus, and I don't mean that in a facetious way at all. It's um, about the city. I think. Yeah, I think it depends on where the bus is, eh? But sorry, go on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I suppose long haul coaches. I suppose like a, a different story. But I kind of like people watching. There's something yeah. kind of about it. You get all kinds yeah. of characters. You wonder if, you know, they've had their license taken off them or, you know, they simply can't afford a car. You know, it's What like- kind of loser are you? <laughs> it's just you sitting in the back of the bus. <laughs> really, that, took a, that took a cynical turn I wasn't anticipating. I'm, I'm serious, though. Um, I, I didn't get my license until I was 25 years old, so I'm well-versed uh, in a... I'm 32, just in case anyone was wondering. Um, so I've only had seven years of, of the driving on the road. You'd and have three some of PT them. stories. P- PT? Public transport? 
I've never heard that you an acronym. public transport to PT, you maniac. That, that was deranged. Interesting. Oh, interesting. That, that must be a Victorianism wow. I've picked up. It must be a very Victorian thing. I was... Because Zach knows. Shocked. I, I, I was like, clearly like, everyone knows that term. Yeah. What are you, idiots? It's ubiquitous like, up here. Like, it's absolutely. PT is everywhere. And like, the apps and all the... A PT around. is a personal yeah. trainer. Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would never have thought or that. Or Silent Hill PT. Yeah, oh, really a great, a great. But I would think of all those things before public transport. Yeah, fuck fuck off with you. We are really on the hot, <laughs> hot topics tonight, folks. You, uh, any new <laughs> listeners to the Well Played Potty is in for a right treat. <laughs> okay, well, I've got something for you because I meant to say, say it at the start. So you, you know how I was sick last week, right? So I, t- I had pretty much had the whole week off and could have done this, could have done that. But you know what I fucking did? I spent... Like a good few hours searching the internet, just going as deep as I could to try and find existence of an ice cream that I used to have in Tassie as like a twelve to fifteen year old called Lunalik, right? Anyway, of course you did. I can go. Could not find. There is no single like fucking image of it on the internet anywhere. Well, There's what's no it reference called? to it anywhere. It's called Lunalik. It is. Anyway, his neighbor, his neighbor gave it to him. <laughs> Finally, was like reading this article about toucan icy poles and how like there's um, some yeah. shit like with trademarks and stuff. So I went through the ah. trademark thing and I found Lunalik and I found it was finally owned. I was like, I've, I recall it that it's a streets branded thing, right? I, like I remember that it's a streets thing. Anyway, so I found out that's owned by streets, went to the streets website, emailed them. Get I fucked, back you to me and they're like, and they're, they're, <laughs> You and they're emailed like, streets. That's what he does and with they're his like, free time, folks. They're like, Lunalik is... Actually, a product by this other company called Lolly Allen. I was like, hmm, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm incorrect. So this is actually before um, uh, I found the trademark, right? <clears throat> so I'd done this first. Like I went and emailed them first. <laughs> and, they, and they finally got – and this is what spurred me on to go on this deep search, right? Um, and they're like, no, this is made by this other company. So I, I Googled this, Lunar Leak by this other company. I'm like, that's a fucking thing you put on your – like your t- it's like a – Lolly, it's not like a like an icy pole. In my email, I said it's a fucking icy pole <laughs> called Lunalik. You idiot. Whereas they've Diana. sent you towards like a push um, pop top thing. Anyway, so then I've sorry, gone, Diana, I found, I found if you're trademark. listening, I've, I found the trademark. I've actually found the trademark file where it's Unilever or Unilever, however you say it, mm. who own streets. I've linked the trademark thing in an, in a response email and screenshotted it, sent it back to Diana. And I said, this is an icy pole. And she's responded with, icy poles are made by Peters. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> are you taking the fucking kiss? <laughs> like, oh. So, anyway, so when, Karen phase, man. when we hear Email you back. say, I'd love to do more features, but I can't find the time. <laughs> this is what you do with your time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was trying to. Like, I'm having pumping them out. So I deserve a good lunar lick. Anyway, I went and. That's the best. I, I emailed back and ass. then I was like, just can you speak to some, some, someone who was. Find the oldest there, person like, in or, the office or, and ask gotta them. Be, there's got to be archives. <laughs> you have to have archives, right? Like I've worked, like, like where I work, they have archives of every single brand and that, that like they've created, right? Like you can go into it and see. Did you it. say that? Were you like, <laughs> couldn't do no, it? No, I, <laughs> I, I didn't say where I work, but you know, thank you for telling everyone. Shout outs to. <laughs> no, no, shout outs. Love that. Um, but uh, no, they didn't. They said they've spoken to the relevant people. And I was like, "Yeah, bullshit, you have," uh, and they can't find any existence. So I went and found the brand manager for Streets back at that, in that time phrase. I added him on LinkedIn. Oh my uh, god! I'm waiting for a response. Oh my god! I need help. <laughs> you know what? Is this is this one of those situations where you know how there's um, memories of people 
remembering the Monopoly oh. man with a monocle. Mm-hmm. The Mandela and, effect. Yeah, that is is this that situation or absolutely not. It was like one of the most delicious icy poles ever. It was like it was like a purple pink like raspberry kind of thing. And it had like this yellow, like not jelly, but like I don't know how to explain it. It was amazing. Schweppes was so threatened, they actually tried they filed an injunction. Um, there you go. I found, found, found that in the, in the, the icy pole oh, sagas. There's a Stan limited exact. series in that, mate. <laughs> mate Does anyone want to hazard a guess at how many messages I have from Zach over the past week saying, I can't do anything, bro. I'm too sick, too sick to do <laughs> things, man. I've got no energy to get anything done. What's wrong with me, bro? Probably, Meanwhile, he's probably. out here making a cork blood red string theory about a fucking icy pole that didn't exist. <laughs> it fucking exists, man. The, the trademark is there, dog. I'm just um, imagining him with like a mountain of tissues, this big cork board, oh. him in his Udi, like just fucking hasn't slept in four days trying to figure it's just out. Diane in the middle. My, <laughs> my visual is that uh, it's always oh sunny Charlie Lord. Kelly in front of like the yeah, uh, yeah. board. Yeah, yeah. Leave Diana's fucking. I'm really, Diana, if you're out there, I'm really sorry. Zach is very eccentric. We apologize. Come on the pod, Diana. She says, did you not read what I said, Diana? Yes, I know. I suppose made by Peters. Ask me about fucking icy pole. (laughs) God damn it. Diana's getting paid $10 an hour in the Philippines. She doesn't have time for this. (laughs) I sit on the other side of these corporate emails answering questions like this. So I'm like, I always wonder who are these fucking people? And apparently I know one. Okay, all I said, I just Thank I said you. all I Thank want you. is just is just a picture. If you have a picture of the rapper, that's all I want. Like just just <laughs> just an image. Why would they have a picture of the rapper? Because someone would have made that. Some uh, graphic designer, mate. Have you never worked in? It's on a, a, it's on a floppy twenty disc years ago. Been, you know, the floppy disk is gone, mate. It's gone. Fucking hell! I mean, pre-internet. I mean, actual yeah. physical pain. No, so okay. So this is how this is how deep I was getting, right? Oh my god! It was god. a court case, like so. I was going to reach out to the lawyers that actually filed the injunction on behalf of Schweppes. Be like, if you take a picture of it, bro, like, surely. Like, this is definitely another podcast series. This is like me, cereal, man. but for confectionery. First, you get you get Gary milk, and then you get Luna Lake ice cream, mate. You're a it's a treat here. How many Fosters oh, have you had? What have you been playing, Zach? Uh, <laughs> Playing something for a review, which I can't talk about yet. Uh, I've also been <laughs> playing GTA 5 and Last of Us Part 2. GTA 5? Hey, hey. Still. Great game. It's, that game sucks a bit, actually. <laughs> like, great game. Go on, sucks. then. Are you playing online or are you playing the campaign? The campaign. Like, it's, oh, okay. I think it's just dated. I think it's just... It, it is. It's, it's what, 14 years old? Yeah, like, it's Fuck fine. That old. Yeah. But, but it's just, I find the lack of direction a little bit. A little bit ass. Like I kind of need to be told where to go sometimes, or have some form of better indication. Like I feel like I always have to go to the map, go and find this little tiny uh, letter yeah, that no, says, cool. and, and then I have to figure out is that actually my mission? I don't even know. I'm going to drive there anyway. Have you um, finished? You finished the story before I take it. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, how long did that take you? Being that dishonored probably took you like <laughs> having twenty-five hours. This on it too yet, so I'm still going. But um, who's your yeah, favorite character else for demo? Me. Yeah, yeah they're all fine. I uh, probably what? the main guy, Michael. Michael is is he the main guy though? You know, don't get well, around. He, he, he's oh, got your start, I guess. So I want to pick. Yeah, they're all fine though. Like, I don't really have any. I, I think the the mission design is so far is is actually quite good. Like it doesn't mm. the missions feel. Uh, 
creative. They, they're like they're not like mm. bitch ass missions where you like just go fetch quest something. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sorry, um, I'm still trying to convince myself. Um, and I've been playing something else for preview, which I'll talk very very briefly on in a minute. But that's pretty much me. Yeah, nice. Uh, and I wrote a couple of features, so go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> James, what have you been playing? Um, pretty much just the Diablo 4 endgame at this point is all I've really had time for outside of uh, content stuff, which um, it does pretty radically transform that game. I, I had pretty mixed feelings on the story component of the game, but I think that once you get past that and the world opens up and you and the lads can just dick around and do whatever you want, um, it gets a, it's just a much better experience. Um, also the, what is it? The, the second skill tree, um, Paragon points. Yeah. The Paragon points Mm. system I've found really rewarding to kind of, you know, again, dick around with it. It's just, yeah, it's it's a good dicking around. That's my review of Diablo 4's end game so far. A good dicking around. Love it. Nice. Speaking of dicking around, uh, I've been dicking around in Fortnite. Uh, Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of fun. I actually, I'm, I'm an idiot and I pay for the membership. Um, even though oh, I don't ooh. play it enough. Um, but I had a little savings of V-Bucks, so I'm saving them. Um, <laughs> when you think about it. Can I ask how much it is and what it nets you? Uh, it's seventeen ninety five a month. I don't mm-hmm. notice it, so it's, I mean, that's that says everything really. Uh, I'm, I'm a delinquent. Uh, <laughs> that's why I play Fortnite. Uh, you get, like, you get exclusive skins and you get like points on the the if they have like a battle pass or whatever you get v bucks um yeah you get like special stuff it it doesn't include the battle pass though right it does oh it does include the battle pass yeah yeah see yeah no that's awesome mm-hmm. see so, so yeah it's a bit of fun uh yeah diablo i've been dying a lot because i keep get i'm like 76 Ooh. And I'm getting dragged into a lot of nightmare dungeons that, yeah, I'm just, I get looked at and I'm dead. Are you so, doing them solo? No. Oh, okay. no. <laughs> Why would I do them by myself? I'm not that much of an idiot. No, no, uh, very good. <laughs> no, um, some of my friends, they're like in the 90s. One of them, I think, just hit 100 the other day. So that's been fun. And then for the first time ever, I jumped into Diablo with a friend and I was more powerful than them. And I just like steamrolled everything. And I was like, oh, I'm so powerful. I love this. And I love I love how that game has those moments. It makes me feel like really good. And it's like, yeah, really easy and satisfying. Uh, and then the Whelpling Daycare has come to World of Warcraft Dragonflight. I have been enjoying that very much. I may or may not have squealed in delight seeing the little teeny tiny Horde versus Alliance toys in the Whelpling daycare. It's so cute. I think it's so fun. And I love, I love World of Warcraft for those little teeny tiny little moments. They're fantastic. Solid. Very nice work. Well, I will jump in and say that I have been, uh, I had the chance to go, Sorry, to watch a presentation on EA Sports FC 24. So new FIFA, if you want to call it that. Uh, I also got access to a pre-beta demo where I was able to play that for a couple of days. Uh, Yeah. Um, So did you know that the name costs 
the FIFA branding or name and what whatever comes with that, it was is going to cost or was going to cost EA 150 million dollars a year. That's pretty wild, isn't it? Just for well, that amount of money. Was that like at the end of the the deal that they had? Was that with like the renegotiated? I so, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Like that's what they wanted to keep it. Yeah, going. yeah, yeah. Um, which is huge money. Like, so they've obviously gone, nah, fuck that. Like, so now they've got this extra, extra little kitty to play with. Um, it's pretty much what you expect, you know. It's at, at this point in in those games, it's more and it's more small uh, improvements, but it's largely just an iteration. Um, they have got this new technology called Hypermotion V, which is based on like volumetric data. So this is actually quite cool if you want to get to, like into not to the like granular level of improvements, but like um, so this new uh, technology that's powering the way players move and stuff like that is before they were sort of saying that what they would do is they would actually mocap uh, a couple of lower Spanish league games like Div Three and Div Two or whatever it was, and you'd get like two games like like worth of data, and then that's how they'd get players' movements and shit like that. This time they've got some new technology that allows them to literally just watch players like in person. Like they've got cameras and stuff that are there in the stadium and they can just basically do that off. They can, yeah, they, you know, players don't, don't have to wear like mocaps and stuff. So they can literally just watch the, the like the the best players and like mocap from that. So that's cool. Um, that's pretty so cool. they got like, yeah, they got like over 180 matches now. And, you know, so you like, when what it means is like, uh, your good players, and this probably won't mean much to anyone here because I know you don't really care about soccer or football or whatever. But um, you know, players Sports run ball. and kind of move like they do in their in their real person movements. Yeah, no, um, I I can appreciate that for sure. Like I I love the physics in in car games and how that's mimicked. So for me to hear mm. that there's technology that allows people to, to get out of those like rigid suits and, you know, be able to capture the best players in the world and, you know, you can finesse, you know, the styles of plays like because, yeah, that's really cool. I love that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how it would translate to other games that you know, do the mocap, but um, I guess, yeah, with this it's, it's, quite, it's quite cool and, um, other things is they've got this, this new feature called play styles, which is, again, it's more based on like the actual top tier of like players, but, um, uh, those players, their signature kind of skills will stand out more. Mm. So like Messi, for example, is, is, is one that they use and like his dribbling ability, which is, you know, very, very, very good. So in like tight space and stuff, you, you kind of have, um, you know, better, better control. Passing, there's new features in passing, which is called like, uh, it's called precision pass. So you can hold the R1 button and hit like through ball lob. Um, and you can do like a swerve pass and it just kind of allows you to have like a more controlled finesse pass through and kind of open up defenses. Uh, it's a little bit slower from what I felt. I only had access to two male teams and two female teams or two men and women's teams. So there wasn't like a huge lot to kind of play with. And I feel like with these games, when you do only play with like the best players, you are getting the best abilities. So you're not playing with like the hacks, right? So when I play FIFA or these kind of games, normally I play with a mate online and we rotate through a bunch, you know, one person picks a team and then we, but it's based on star level. So like I might pick a two-star team that's some um, dog shit team from, you know, 
England Div 4, right? And then he goes and picks a like, two-star team from Switzerland or wherever the fuck it may be. Um, so it's always good to kind of get like a good a good range of teams. But, um, but no, it seems seems pretty pretty solid so far. Uh, there is a new couple of commentators that are doing some commentary, which is nice. Uh, which, there's a female one in there who I think is the first female to be in the game or something like that. I don't remember, I can't remember what they said in the presentation about it, but it was something to that kind of extent, um, which is kind of cool. Uh, ultimate teams getting a few more improvements. Who kind of cares about ultimate team people? People do, but uh, there's yeah some new stuff going on there, so you can read about that. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, pretty cool. Comes out September 29, 22nd for people who give EA money earlier, or more money. Sorry, I should say with the ultimate edition. Also, pretty sure I broke embargo by saying. Uh, who was on the cover of the game like three days before they actually announced it. I thought it was already news, but shout out to me for that one. Yeah, Not nice. Bad. Scoop. Good one. Did you get a smack on the hand? Oh, I love it. <laughs> They're like, oh, yep. Uh, yeah, cool. Any questions about EA? Sports FC 24? Not, not a question, more of a statement Ooh. slash thought, but I can see them, based on that technology you mentioned, it seems inevitable that in a few years' time they're probably going to pr- try and push towards some kind of AI technology to try and streamline getting player movement data into the game, just letting like an algorithm. A just... lot of it, a lot of it is AI based or, oh, it is. Um, sorry, sorry, not, not based. It's AI. Um, it, so they get, they get this data and then like an algorithm. Places. Places. So they got like, yeah. so they got like AI hands, for example, this thing, I can't remember what, what the term that used, but it's based on like this algorithm will like determine what position, what natural position the hands need to be in whatever position the players are in, right? Kind of thing mm, like that. Mm. So, yeah. There's heaps of AI stuff like that that dictates like collisions and... So it's already a field they're well pushed into. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like it's, all, like it's, a, like it's a boring presentation, but it's interesting on the, on the same page. Like I come away, you know, I sit there and I watch this two-hour presentation going, fuck, this is boring but then i go you know a lot of the stuff they've talked about is actually quite cool in terms um, of like field sports like ea's football club franchise kind of pushes the envelope in terms of tech and stuff like that uh be up there yeah. for sure uh i mean and the only thing i don't like a little bit is that a lot of the a lot of sports games don't really have a competitor yeah i feel like there i feel like there's a little bit of lack of competition innovation what are you talking a little about bit. pro evo mate come on Oh, mate, that game's fucking horseshit. <laughs> yeah, so it's either really game, bad or it's EA. Is that what you're trying to say? And that game was there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, because Konami, who used to do PES, which was quite popular, uh, they pulled out like a few years ago and they made it like an online game and a free-to-play and it's just... Yeah, it's something else now, isn't it? It's junk. Look, yeah, all I'm saying is Golf with Friends is amazing compared to any professional oh. Tiger Woods golf game I've ever played. So Fun, mm. fun golf is Amen. such a thing now, isn't it? Hmm. But Fun yeah, but like you look at those big sports games like your Maddens, your NBAs, and yeah. NHLs, and your football clubs. Yeah, AFLs. <laughs> AFLs. It's just, you know, there's only one developer doing it, which is a bit of a bummer. But I mean, can the market handle like multiple sports yeah. games of the same? Hey, look, thing? I, someone told me the other day that Forza is niche. And I had to take a step back and I was like, maybe, maybe racing sims are niche. So I think sports games are the same, that they're niche and not as popular as, you know, your FPS games, for example. 
FIFA was fucking huge. Well, yeah. That yeah, well, and maybe they did. Either. Maybe they did corner the market. But in saying that, I mm. think overall, well, the I think the the biggest thing with them versus the other company that or the other, or pairs is that they had the licenses for quite a lot of stuff, and pairs you, you didn't have any licenses. Okay. You had to download like a patch. Anyway, let's move on from football. Unless there's any further questions. <laughs> Sorry. James is very very excited. I can't tell if he's about to fall asleep or not. Oh, he's got no. a question. He's thinking. Ooh, <coughs> I do actually. Yeah. So sports, can you explain to me like I'm an idiot? Um, the okay. FIFA <laughs> is a brand that they so can slap onto their game, right? Yeah. And this is the thing they no longer wanted to pay for. Yes? Correct. Okay. Well, but they still have all the rights to players, teams, iconography. Well, I yes. think it's... Yeah, I think it's different. Like I think they... Because... So FIFA's... It's weird, man. Like FIFA's like a governing body whereas there's a right. bunch of other like governing bodies or like uh, organizations so then you got like your uefa then you got like your premier league kind of thing they all have like their own thing but they all they're all like a collective they all agree to play under fifa right kind of thing does that make sense okay. I, I mean yeah, i don't really yeah. know the answer to your question it's like i'm a bit confused by the whole thing as well a little bit mm-hmm. but i think they do like licensing deals with individual um uh, player unions or whatever you want to call it, like, you know, leagues and stuff like that. Because Konami, like, like, like what Konami was doing, right, is they were buying the license to clubs. Right. So they were like, we'll buy this Italian team club. So then it's called Juventus in uh, Pez, which is the real team. And then in F- FIFA, it was called, like, Parmigiana or whatever you fucking call it. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Yep. Um, yeah. Cool. Very the more cool. you know. The more you know. Oh, the other thing that's actually really, really cool about, about this is they've completely overhauled the menus. So no more tiles. So gone is Windows 10 and is in, in, in is like a clean <coughs> list, which is actually looks real, real sleek and real nice. So very, very cool. Uh, preview will be up now. Yep. If I ever get it back from editing. But um, yeah. Oh, I just did. Uh, move on. So who's next? Who's next on the chopping block? Oh, speaking of things that go fast, Adam, tell us about Synapse. Yeah, I didn't know where you were, where you were drawn from with that one. It's not. I love that dramatic pause. It it could certainly be worse as far as segues go. Um, yes, Synapse is a. PSVR 2 game that I've been playing for the last couple of weeks that I'm completely in love with. Um, the elevator pitch sounds super generic. It is a shooter roguelite where you go through a stage, you kill all the people, a door opens, you go into the next level and you rinse and repeat. We've all seen that. We all understand how it works. Sounds very generic. What Synapse does is it takes that framework. Um, it slaps an amazing art style onto it that actually has purpose uh, and it gives you weapons and powers that make you feel like a god. Like it's the the best power fantasy I've played in VR, which I think is one of the, the more appealing aspects of VR because you can be put into circumstances that you obviously can never be in, but you do feel like you are in them. Um, so the, the general gameplay is in one hand you have uh, a weapon, which is a pistol, SMG, shotgun, or grenade launcher. In the other hand, you have or you control telekinetic abilities. So you can lift explosive barrels or big blocks or you can move 
um, platforms to to be in in the in your path, so you can cross a, a big gap. And then as you uh, get better abilities, you can just grab dudes and throw them into the air and kind of just cause absolute chaos. Um, so it's combining those two things. It's it feels very fluid. Like the 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 combat is challenging because um, it's in a 3D space that you have to be very aware of that you don't really understand just playing a, I, don't, I never know how to say like a, fl- a flat game, a regular game. Um, and it's, yeah, it's challenging because the, the enemies will flank you from all sides. So you have to be very aware, but you have this ridiculous move set to, to kind of combat them. Uh, one of the downsides is the enemy variety is very, very lacking. I think there's like maybe four or five different enemies um, they get introduced in cool ways, but that kind of, yeah, it runs out pretty quickly, which is unfortunate. And there's only four weapons as well. So there could just be a bit more as far as content is concerned, but what they do with it is, is pretty spectacular. Um, and it uses the features of the, the PSVR2 really well. Uh, PSVR2 has really excellent eye tracking, um, which I think I talked about when I talked about Horizon, um, within the menus, you just kind of look at what you want and you select it. Um, it was cool, but I wanted to see more practical uses of it as far as gameplay is concerned, because traversing menus is great and all, and it, it shows off that the tech is capable of things, but it's not really a practical use. It's just kind of a quality of life thing. Uh, in Synapse, to use your telekinesis, you look at what you want to, to manipulate, and then you hold down a trigger on one of the controllers and you lift it. So it's not, you have to like point because it feels VR can feel really, I suppose, tacky where you just like, it feels like you're in a mole kind of, you know, using like a, have you ever used VR son? No, have a, kind have a go arcade-y at this. As opposed to yeah. sincerely a, a gaming experience. Yeah. Or... Like a tech demo or something that's just <clears throat> kind of to <clears throat> introduce you to the, the technology. This feels like an implementation of it in like, it, it's, a, it's, it's, applying that so you just yeah you look at something and um the this is where the art style comes into it as well everything's black and white very monochromatic the enemies have like streaks of red so they stand out like they're very bold in the environment um and the only other color that you see is when you look at an item that you're going to manipulate with your telekinesis it um gets highlighted by like a, a rainbow pattern so it stands out what you're going to, you never accidentally move something. You look at it, you press the button, you manipulate it. So it's the, the cross section of the art style and the PSVR two features just makes everything feel really intuitive and natural. So you go from kind of a baby bird, not being able to walk or fly or whatever the term is to absolutely ripping dudes apart and feeling like, Darth Vader within like 20 minutes. It's, it's a very easy learning curve and you become really good at the game very quickly. Uh, you can probably blast through it in an hour or an hour and a half. Uh, once you get to the end, it's the typical roguelite thing of, okay, you've done it once, do it again. And there's more story elements. And there is a story there. Um, it's very inception-ish. You go into the mind of a, a rogue colonel, um, it exists. It's there to push you from point A to point B. Um, David Hayter, as in like Solid Snake, uh, is actually the voice of 
said colonel, which is pretty cool. Uh, and he doesn't fuck about. It's not just like a quick payday, you know, reading lines. He kind of puts his all into it. Um, and Jennifer Hale, who is every female character in every video game, including Commander Shepard, she's fantastic, um, is the other pr- predominant voice you'll hear as well. Um, they're kind of wasted, I suppose, because the story is pretty nothing, but it's also, it's not getting in the way. But I gave it an 8.5. I think it is one of the better VR games that I've played on PSVR 2. Uh, one of the more complete packages as well like it doesn't just feel like they've tacked on the features or kind of half baked anything it feels like a complete experience and i'm just keen to see if maybe they put some dlc or post launch content in it to maybe beef up the the weapons and the the enemy variety then it would be yeah a real killer but i think if you own the platform you have to own this game as well it's brilliant cool nice stuff uh, any questions for Mr. Ryan? Do you think it's somewhat maybe because I was kind of listening to you talk about this and I was going to do the whole like, is this the killer PSVR 2 app? <laughs> but like, that's not a really a fair thing to put on any single game, right? Like that's, that's yeah. a shitty expectation to give a studio. Um, but do you think this is, I mean, it sounds like this is one of those things that does notch the belt a bit more maybe. Um, Absolutely. value. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think it's, I mean, it's its a hard thing because the, the PSVR 2 is so expensive. Like, it would have to be something... I find it hard to think that anything without, like, an established property attached to it would be able to mm-hmm. be a true, like, system seller. Um, but as far as, like, yeah, killer app, I think, is sure. Like, I, I think it definitely, if you own the system already or you're thinking about getting the system then it's a no-brainer to get it because it is one of the best games that's currently available um whether people will be rushing out to buy it to play a roguelite i don't know um but yeah it's one of those things like the you know set up in a mall you do really need to to play vr to understand it it's such a hard thing to try to sell someone with just talking about it i suppose it's tricky Cool. All right, let's move to James. You've got uh, you. You've been playing an exciting game. I'm very keen to hear this. I've been saving. I, have. I haven't, haven't haven't read your piece yet. I've been saving it. Oh, really? Interesting. Hmm. Look at you go. Uh, yeah. So, um, thank uh, Ubisoft uh, gave us a chance to play the first three hours or so of the Crew Motorfest. Um, this is a game that I got a sort of remote hands-on for about half an hour with uh, during Jeff Keighley's Summer Game uh, Festival. But now I've had a chance to like really sit with it for a bit. And um, I've, I've come away, as, as someone who's not into super into racing games, I am pretty impressed by this thing. Um, so this is, once again, it's Ivory Tower who made the first two, the crew games. Um, these are games that... To me, have always struck me, and I booted up the crew too uh, a couple of days ago to kind of get a bit more of an impression of how they've gone and where they've been and whatnot. And, you know, they've spent two games trying to compact the entire United States into an open world map um, in with, you know, varying degrees of success, right? The way they bend space has been, you know, interesting, I think, for YouTube video essays, but maybe not amazing for an actual <laughs> gameplay experience. It's a lot of, like, procedurally generated shot fronts and whatnot. Um, they've kind of done away with all of that here. So the Crew Motor Fest is set on the Hawaiian island of 
Oahu, um, which is based on a real island, obviously been somewhat compressed, but in trading, doing a whole country for just doing a single island, it's like an incredibly dense and lovingly rendered rendition of Hawaii. Like it's so beautiful, so much fun to just explore because of how textured and layered a lot of it is, you know, tall mountain peaks, dense urban areas, really thick foliage, beaches, everything, uh, volcanoes, everything you'd imagine from Hawaii you've got here. Um, we only got to play in 1080p because it was a streaming model, but obviously um, I think 4K 60 is, I think they said was was good to go on this. Um, so that's exciting, looks really good. Um, there's a really basic car character customization. It's very Ubisoft. Um, you, you'll see in the video footage that we put up on the YouTube channel, but I went with um, a horrific teal haircut. You know, got to represent the site, got to got to do what needs to be done out there. Um, and once you've done that, you get to choose from three starting cars. I went with a, it's some sort of muscle car. It was blue. It had a little like horse running fast on the logo. That's my car knowledge right a there Mustang. for you. A Mustang. Yeah, GT. Mm -hmm. Sounds right. Nice. Yeah. Um, so you, you get in your, your chosen car and you basically get let loose onto the island. Um, the game is structured around what they are calling playlists, which are the, I think there's like six distinct ones to, to start you off, but there are subcategories sort of littered around the island. Each one of these, uh, puts you into about six races, gives you rewards, which is a, a thing we'll get to in a minute. Um, these playlists are themed around a lot of different, um, concept races basically. So there's, you know, vintage cars that remove power steering and GPS and boosting, and it gives you sort of a authentic retro experience. There's a Lamborghini mode that is just Lambos. Uh, my favorite one that I did was a Porsche 911 series, which basically ran you through the history of the 911 builds, um, which was a, a lot of fun. Each one felt very different. Um, I'm not, again, I'm not a big car guy, right? So I can't speak to necessarily the authenticity of the feel of this game compared to others in the genre, but it did strike me as a really nice balance between arcadey and semi. Um, things felt just cartoonish enough that I could sort of careen off of edges and, and do my own thing while also responding well to like the feathered touch of a brake going around a corner kind of thing. There was a good balance to me of, um, you know, difficulty, but also the game allows you to just fuck around on an island and, and have your fun with it. Um, the traversal on the open island ended up being one of my favorite things because like in the other games, you get the choice between a plane, a boat and a car to sort of get around. Uh, but this time with the island being a much denser, really nice looking map, hopping in a plane, flying across half of it. And then, you know, I think I opened my preview with this, but I was four kilometers straight up in the air. And I said, let's just jump back into the Lamborghini and see what happens. So I did. And then I landed the Lambo um, in the middle of a jungle, careened out onto a street, you know, came to a nice stop, felt like the Fast and Furious. It was, it was amazing. Just a, a good kind of goofy, good time. Um, so that, that's all really good. The only thing I have a mild reservation with is the sort of micro economy that's churning away in the background. Uh, when you complete races, you're awarded with car parts, which are broken down into like rare, uncommon, common. Um, and that stuff I, I do find a little bit antithetical to the sense of freedom the rest of the game gave me. Um, there's also the, uh, I forget the exact name of it now, but there's a, an open hub that you'll be uh, exploring with other players. You get to get, a, get out of your car, walk around, interact with people, look at their cars. It's, it's a really nice concept. It's also obviously going to be tied to microtransactions and that sort of economy uh, side of things. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll get to that when we get to it in the full release. It's one of those things I can't really speak to yet other than being like, oh, this is also here in a game that I thought was otherwise just purely open and purely kind of a spectacle, fun experience. Um, really enjoyed my time with it. I, I don't really know what else to say other than I'm surprised by how much I liked it.
Cool. I'm uh, I'm excited. Is there much of a story? Uh, it's the kind of the, the same story you get in all of these games where it's, you know, you are upcoming racer and right. you will be on the island to prove your worth. Um, there's a, a, it's, it's very Ubisoft. Um, a lot of it is guided by either there's a, there's an MC of the event. I forget her name, but she has like things embroidered on her jacket, like chase the clutch and, and dumb shit like that. Um, you know, it, it, again, very Ubisoft, uh, the car the also the just, first crew. Yeah. Just out of no, just that story, the one. that story is, I mean, it's a bit generic for what it is, but it was different. Like, so that in that one you yeah. played as like a. I think, you were in pr- I think you took the fall. I'm trying to remember exactly, but you took the fall for someone, went to prison, yep. and then the FBI or whoever it was was like, we'll get you out, but you got to go undercover in this car gang. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So, you know, it was yeah. Like, I don't recall that at all. That was definitely that. was definitely <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Oof, yeah. Didn't register it. But I mean, that stuff isn't in the crew too at all from what I saw again. It's no, just about nah, chasing nah, followers yeah. and whatnot. And and I think the crew three, or, you know, uh, Motorfest has gotten less shy about the Horizon comparisons. I, I think mm. that if you were to look at the box art for this game, you'd immediately think it's a Horizon game. It's We've gotten to that point with it. I think that has allowed them a sense of freedom in the gameplay, even if the sort of overarching structure and narrative I still find quite disappointing because, you know, like you said, Zach, that first game may have been generic, but at least it was trying for something. Um, And just the idea of, you know, you're a super cool racer here to do super cool things and that's it. Like, here's your generic template character. I do want more than that from one of these games eventually. And I I did also try Horizon over the weekend just to give me a bit of a comparison point. that game's opening, by the way. Mm. Stunning. Like, as you're, oh. you're dropping out of the planes and yeah. shit. Incredible. It's goosebumps yeah. in that, that game. They do great openings. Yeah, yeah. it's Very fantastic. Much so. yeah. yeah. And, I mean, the Motorfest isn't anywhere near as slick as that, but I think in trading that slickness, it's it's a goofier, earnest experience um, that, while very Ubisoft, I think once you click onto its particular level, um, you'll have a great time. Yeah, yeah that yeah, sounds think- cool. I agree. Like a lot of those games are kind of the same. Like you look at like Need for Speed, like the mm. last one, yeah, and it's yeah. kind of that same Unbound. sort of thing. It's yeah. always like up and coming racer, blah, 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 blah. So yeah. those games are still fun though. I, even, I do quite like my time. Even Rider, <coughs> Riders Republic, it, it's mm-hmm. also yeah. part of that same template. Although it was still a lot of wacky fun. No, I think yeah. the only thing that I'm sort of like, oh, that's that's really similar, which I haven't seen them do before, is the walk down memory lane with the cars. I don't think mm. that's been done before, and that is something that Horizon does very well. Um, right. And yeah, I kind I, I understand that they're like owning the the sameness or like you know mm-hmm. similarities, and I know there's only so much difference you can have in a in a uh, open world racing sim, um, but. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. That's the only thing that kind of irks me. But I'll, I'll, I'll still play. It's, it sounds like fun. Mm. Cool. Sweet. Well, you can read the preview up on the site now. And there's a video preview as well. Hopefully that's up mm-hmm. by now. Uh, if, if not, it'll, it'll be coming very, very shortly. Uh, cool. Let's quickly go do some shout outs. There's one shout out that's not on the list. And I will do it for you here. And that is Mark, who has done Pikmin 4, which I don't even remember. I can't remember if Did Mark do today. that? Yeah, you wouldn't know, eh? Um, but he... <laughs> ah, he says, just when you think Nintendo has drained the well of, a crea- of creativity, 
it releases yet another sequel that re that refines an already quality experience to another level. Pikmin uh, remains one of its best franchises that deserves more time in the spotlight. And Pikmin Four is no exception. Gives it a nine out of ten. Sweet. Wowza. That's excellent. Nine out of ten. So you can read that review now, uh, and then we'll jump to the doco again so you quickly. Fuck with Pikmin? No, probably not. Have I'm you sure done so it's before. No. no, no, nah, not my um, jam. It's it is very weird. Uh, Jordan did a review for Aliens: Dark Descent. gave It gives an eight point five and says that Aliens: Dark Descent successfully adapts a real time combat system to a genre, uh, sorry, genre of games that are traditionally turn based. Tindalos uh, Interactive has put up, sorry, has clearly put in a lot of love and care, and it shows. Eight point five review on the website now. Adam, you've got three minutes in combined in combination. Is that That's enough? Not, no. <laughs> Five minutes? <laughs> Look, sure. All right. I know you care very little, so I'll do my best. I just know that I'm just concerned about the, the runtime. Yeah, I know. What oh, now you're concerned, concerned about, about it. Mate. I know what well, you're concerned about. Take your, like, take your soccer ball and website. fuck off. Um, yes, I have reviewed two more board games, much to the chagrin of Zach Jackson. Um, I'll be very quick. First one is Everdell. I'll I'll level with you. I've played a shitload of Everdell prior to this review. So I just played a, a couple of games before doing the write-up. Everdell is fantastic. Um, it's one of the more well-known worker placement board games. Uh, by worker placement, I mean you take a little meeple of a, an adorable woodland animal and you place it somewhere on the board uh, that nets you a resource that you can use to lure animals and build structures in your little town. Um, and they're all worth uh, different varying uh, victory points. You can only have 15 animals or buildings in your little town. At the end of the game, the person who has the most victory points wins. That's a very quick and abridged version of the rules. Um, it's an adorable little game. Uh, the the table presence is ridiculous. It has, uh, it's not just a square board. I know that sounds like it's not a big deal, but Board games are very much in their way of square or rectangle. So anything that is not square or rectangle is fantastic. Uh, but it also has this little cardboard tree that sits at the end of the board where How you put charming. Uh, various resources and um, there's another season system that comes into play where you get more meeples and whatnot and they all rest on this little little tree. Um, so it really stands out. Like if you're ever at like a PAX or something and you walk past, you'll it'll it'll turn your head. If you see yeah. the cardboard tree. If you see oh, the I'll cardboard tree. Sure. It's very striking. It's um, very distinct. There's very little negative to say about Everdell. It sits on a pedestal for a reason. Um, it's a very easy worker placement game to understand, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't involve like a good level of strategy as well. If you've played it a few times, there's I think there's like five or six expansions out now. Um, and there's an all-in box that weighs almost as much as I do. Uh, it's fucking enormous. Um, and yeah, generally there's a reason that games get that many expansions. It's because it is very charming and mechanically very good. Nathan, I know you've played Everdell. Do you enjoy it? Yeah, I still still try and get it onto the table once every couple of months just because everyone enjoys looking at it, feeling yeah. it. It's got these excellent tactile 3D components you just want to oh. stick in your mouth. Yeah, I want to eat the berries every time I play the game. They look so delicious. Are they scented? That would be no, cool. No, if they were, I'd I'd be in the ER. 
yeah, 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 we'd be pumping him. Yeah. So no, it's, it's it's just delightful across the board for all ages, I think. Yeah, agreed. Uh, the other one that I reviewed is called Potion Explosion. Uh, it's what I like oh. to call a good starter game. So it's one that you can probably bash out in like 20, 30 minutes. Uh, and it's great for any player count. You can play two to four players. Uh, and unlike the majority of board games, whether you play with two, three or four, it's a great experience regardless. Um, so more or less you're playing as uh, alchemy students or witches and wizards, I suppose, uh, who are trying to, or they're, they're at the end of your exams, you have these cute little potion tiles that have little holes in them that you have to take marbles from a communal uh, dispensary to, to fill, to more or less brew your potions. They're each worth different varying uh, victory points, and they all have different abilities as well once you've concocted them. Uh, the little dispensary, it's kind of like, uh, what's that game, Zool? Is that the one where you shoot the little marbles and it it's in a big circle? He plays the frog? I know I just... the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah like, like Zool. cap game. Yeah. So you, sure. you take, if there, it's four different ki- uh, colors of marble. If you take a marble and colors collide then you take all of the ones that collide and so on and so forth so there's like a little puzzle element to it there's also a resource gathering element um and there's very light strategy it's a it's a nice easy one it's for for varying ages i think you could if you have a family you can get some kids out to to play it and you'd probably have a a fairly decent time uh the dispenser you need to have a flat surface it's a real pain in the ass because it's gravity fed um and marbles are inherently a bit fiddly. Like the, they do sit in the holes quite well, but if you bump the table, you're fucked. Um, so outside of the the fiddly nature of it, game is also another banger. So I've eaten very well this last month or so. I'm just imagining cool. Bigger, marbles Zach. colliding. That was good. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I might have PTSD or something, but I did do a, a simulation uh, experiment with my year sevens uh, and we were doing craters on the moon and how they were sort of simulated uh, <coughs> with sa- with wet sand and marbles. So they would drop the marbles and that would make a meteor. Oh, okay. And yep. it would sort of symbolise what the craters are on the moon. And then we'd we'd uh, we'd simulate erosion and you know different weather and stuff like that and what that does. And anyway, I actually got given a concussion because I had different different sized marbles. Um, what, like a bowling the- ball. No, no, so the marble was maybe the size of a ping pong ball. Uh, so That's sizable. That's, yeah. Yeah, so imagine that in the, like the glass marble material, right? Um, yeah. And, yeah, so the, the kids had the trays and we, we took them outside to, like, you know, rinse them out and clean them and stuff because uh, we have uh, along the outside we have sinks. And, anyway, yep. taking them outside, one particular limit testing year seven decides to um, <laughs> chuck a good a good big size marble um, and I was exiting the classroom at the time because I was checking students inside and outside at the same time I had my lab assistant inside as well I went outside and it collided with my head Jesus so throwing marbles uh, probably a bit of a caution there not a good idea to be clear though it was an accident yeah. Oh, who knows? It was an accident <laughs> until it collided. I don't know. When you're <laughs> yeah. a th- when you're a thirteen year old boy who doesn't enjoy science, you tell me. Mm-hmm. I was going to say because I mean, in 
the the little Tassie school I went to, like that'd be that'd pretty be common. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, preach. I, I know all about that. If there's yep. a limit, it must be tested. Yes. Mm. So, um, marbles, beware. Shout out to marbles. Great um, game though. Um, <clears throat> much, uh, Zach will hate it, but there's a whole bunch more board game board gaming content that should be out in the next. I don't hate any couple of weeks. So, I cannot wait. If you if you like it, then I'm all for it. Just don't talk to me. Just about do it, it within three minutes, or <laughs> shut the fuck up. That, that pull no. quote from Zach also belongs on a box. <laughs> if you like it, but just don't uh, talk to me about it. <laughs> but listen to me talk about FIFA, though, please. Um, anyway, or Lunar League for fucking six minutes. Uh, speaking of twelve, <laughs> oh, was that twelve? Minutes? It wasn't twelve. Minutes. It was. It was getting up there. It was ten. No, I'm gonna go back and time that. Anyway. Well, you've uh, got Nathan, enough time on your hands, mate. You can. Nathan, you've got half a lunar lick to talk to us about the Legend <laughs> of Heroes trails into Reverie. 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 I was so close. Mate, I am going to enjoy this succulent half lunar lick, mate. Take my time with it. <laughs> no, no, no. So it's been like, what? It's been like four months since my last Legend of Heroes review. So I guess, you know, it's virtually, you know, time for my next quarterly Legend of Heroes review. The only person here that probably doesn't know... What this phenomenon is is Rhiannon. So this is a little initiation for you. It's a it's a little JRPG entry that we get every few months that I get to talk about that no one gives a fuck about. So it's fantastic. Oh well, I'm excited. <laughs> I love that for me. Uh, yeah. So this doesn't have a numbered title, but this belongs to the Legend of Heroes Trail series that we've talked about or I've talked about over the past six months with the uh, localized release of uh, Trails to Azure and Trails from Zero, uh, both of which we gave I gave like eights or eight point fives. Considered them great games. They were PSP games. They'd only been ported over in like twenty twenty two, but had you know they'd gotten a lot of love and just terrific writing. Like they'd uh, involved a fan translation team to make the writing as best as it could be, and it just it pops. Fantastic. What we have here, though, is effectively the ninth game in that series. And I need to make that very clear here because this is a series with a lot of baggage. This is continuing storyline. All this is relevant. This is nine games of baggage that is pre-required to understand any of what this game's talking about. Now, I didn't wow. understand that because it doesn't say Trails... It doesn't say The Legend of Heroes 9. I didn't know. It's just called Trails into Reverie. I'd played those two games last year. This is the next release from that publisher in that series. So I thought I could just jump over. Uh-uh. Uh, I would be required to play probably about 400 hours in this series to really have any clue what's going on. I want to make it clear this is wow. the ninth game. And each of these games will take you at a minimum 40 hours. I would say comfortably about 60 hours average on each of these games. Definitely more in the later ones. So I'm not initiated for this. I thought I was. I'm not. Uh, so I've treaded through a minefield of spoilers and disappointed reveals and revelations about what's happened to characters I know and love. Uh, so yeah, this has been a, a little bit of a heartbreak. But what I can Aww. tell you is the positives to start with. Uh, so this, as I say, JRPG, kind of a, a tech fantasy world. Uh, we've gone to know this world, or at least in the last year's releases, through the Crossbell duology. As I said, Azure and Zero are set in this little city-state called Crossbell that's between two uh, nations that aren't too happy with one another. So we see this sort of like fantasy and this sort of political, uh, geopolitical narrative open up over these nine games. 
characters have come and gone, people have died, people have been resurrected, empires have risen and fallen in this time. And the game's only initiation for you is there's like 20 pages of text if you want to kind of brush up. But even then, that's not going to give you any real appreciation for these dozens of main characters and that that all appear in this game that is a culmination of those eight preceding titles. This is effectively like a closing chapter for that so saga. So it's just text to get you caught up? There's no yeah, like no previously or anything? No, no, no. Oh, this is real hell. bare bones stuff. So I'm saying... If if you read if you see this game on a shelf and you're like okay you know I played the last two games from this this publisher I must be ready for this next game in the series because yeah you you ain't there, there's nothing here that's going to bring you up to speed except Jesus. like a, a fair good few hours on YouTube uh, which is obviously going to kind of spoil what is a fantastic journey across hundreds of hours in these games so moving on. It's a culminating chapter. I can't discuss too much because obviously it's all just spoiler territory, but all the characters from all of these eight games have all sort of come together. Uh, they've, But at the same time, they've got these uh, three distinct storylines that are operating parallel. Occasionally they intersect and you're able to swap between them at any time. So I spent most of my time uh, where I could in the storyline that was focused on the characters from the Crossbell duology. This is a family of characters I knew and love over 100 hours with these games last year. But then it also introduces like dozens of characters I've not come across before. And they've all got very inbuilt, intricate storylines and histories of which I have got very little context for. And I'm, I'm indulging hours of cutscenes and dialogue with these characters that I can't really avoid in order to progress the overall story. Because what happens is as though you can, although you can pick between three storylines at any one time to progress eventually they will kind of hit a bottleneck and you'll need to progress all the other ones. So lots of spoilers for me about the events of the Trails to Cold Steel quadrilogy, the four games leading up to this. So a little bit sad about that. But to summarize the combat, it's as solid as it ever was. Like I, you know, I gave it some praise back in the Crossbell games. Those were, those came out in like 2010. This game actually came out in 2020. This is a localization hasn't come to the West before, so it's a little bit dated. But effectively, those nine games, they've just been bolting things onto that core combat system. So we've got like nine games worth of uh, incrementally bulked up, dense combat. It's just this sloppy lasagna of systems that are all text-based. So you got to have a lot of patience to kind of get through uh, menus within menus within menus with very little icons and graphics to lead you along the way. It's Nathan- very dense. Uh, sorry? What, sorry, can I just ask? So obviously it was on you said it was on PSP? Is that right? This uh it started so this, on PSP. This series has been on PS1, PS this this is a yeah, right. series that's been running since two thousand and three. So Jeez. this has graced a Fucking lot hell. of consoles. Yeah, right. Initially it was like PS1, you know, uh, not maybe not PS1, but like PSPs and stuff, but event they've ported them. Yeah. Quite extensively. Wow. So you, you can play these games on pretty much anything and everything. And to be clear, I'm playing this one on PS5. It looks yeah. like a PS3 game with a nice little lick of paint. Uh, for something that came out in 2020, that will be a deal breaker for some people. This is a pretty small Japanese studio, despite the fact that they've been around for like 30 or 40 years and are quite prominent. Um, is this one yeah. of those games, though, where like the art direction makes up for the fidelity gaps? Yeah, I want to say that because I forgive it. Like, I'm forgiving it. And so I'm going to okay. I kind of run with that line in the review. It's like, yeah, any any casual onlooker is going to stick their nose up at this. But I love the chibi, 
um, life that was kind of brought to the fore in the PSP games. It was a very chibi aesthetic with this kind of so, sort of anime cutscenes interspersed. I really fucked with it. Yeah. But then they've gone to full 3D, and obviously when you go to full 3D, you've got an expectation of fidelity, but all the textures are very flat. Uh, there's a couple of decent lighting effects, but really it just looks like a mid-tier PS3 game. But I'm enjoying the the transition from that isometric 2D of the older games to the 3D. It's very faithful. All the locations are exactly where I expect them to be. They all look how I expect them to look from a 3D perspective. So I was delighted by that. But that leads me to a couple of big issues. Uh, this game has load screens forever, like just constant load screens in a PS5 game. This is quite distressing. Uh, the, the maps are quite small. So even if you're in Crossbell City, for instance, all the districts are like uh, just like three buildings and then you've got to go to a load screen to see another three buildings. It's very small little loading instances. Uh, and, and the noticeable, there is a load of like two seconds between each of these districts as well as entering and exiting every building is like another two to three second load screen. So that's a big damn against it. Uh, also just the, the UI of this thing, as I mentioned earlier, is very threadbare. There's very little images, very little animations, just text on text on text on text. And all of these characters start at level 100. So you're, you're already dealing with the fact that there's a lot of stat baggage there. So as I say, to wrap this up, can't talk really much about the story because this is a, this is very much loaded in nine games worth of, of lore and controversy and revelations. It's combat is as good as it ever was, but it's as dense, it's as dense as it could ever be. Uh, it looks okay. If you like the series, but it's going to look shit out to anyone else. And the writing is as good as it ever has been. It's, it's about as vague as I can give this game. And it's still like a 50 hour game, but I did not play all 50 hours. I stopped like halfway through. There's just no <clears> point. I didn't understand nice. the story. And what, and what are we scoring this hot level unit? Probably around six point five to a seven. Oh, the tracks, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, which is a little bit lower than I'm seeing the aggregates at the moment, but I do think in twenty twenty three for a PS five game, there's a lot here holding it back. Hmm. The sloppy lasagna <laughs> might be the best description of any game ever it's there it's is a so much grease and fat in that combat system and it's great if you want to suck it up and just Sounds slather in it delicious but, mate to mm, be honest it's, it's saucy mate mm. Rich. well let's go speaking of sauce let's go to our main course which is we're going to talk about twisted metal reboots because Ooh. the twisted metal show is coming out next week I think, yes. Where can week. we watch that, Zach? Where can we watch that, Zach? Good question. Adam, you can watch that on our other good friend, Stan. He is a... Uh, I love Stan. He's, he's got a big Stan the man. That, they don't call him that for no reason. Ooh. They don't. Um, <laughs> now you confuse me with what I was going to say. Oh, yes. Sorry. Reboot. Um, <clears throat> I didn't realise I was just searching today just to have some preamble to fucking talk about. And this... There was a reboot like announced. So even yeah. though I predict, even though I predicted like this, it would this show <laughs> would lead to a reboot and re- or like a remaster or some shit. There was already one that's been announced, and here I look like a bit of an idiot. I didn't even know that. I know that there'd been a lot of rumours because mm. of old mate mm. Yat Jaffe or whatever his name is. Big Jaffe like. Jack. Yeah. He um he so I was here's a, a review a review here's an article from the Gamer. 
And this is from February this year, and it just says that Twist Metal Reboot could be made for VR, according to Fire, <laughs> Fire Sprite. So it looks like that it was in development at Adam's favorite game, fucking Destruction All-Stars, and then that game stunk up a storm. Oh. So they moved it to uh, Fire Sprite, who I don't know what they've actually done. Are they more of a porting house? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's kind of it there. Um, but there was a job listing or something that sort of mentioned VR or whatnot. Anyway, but with uh, you know, with the show coming out, we thought we would do something fun when we would pitch our own Twisted Metal reboot game. Um, absolutely hot, James. I don't like that tone. Um, <laughs> but I have two entries from. <laughs> I have two entries from. Uh, Ash and Mark that I haven't read yet. It's in my Ooh. inbox here, so let's go into Ooh. it. Um, Live let's reacts. Go with, let's go with Mark. Okay. He said it as a PDF. Come on, mate. You see the history. It's gone through some phases. The last time Twisted Metal was relevant is when we all used PDFs, actually, so that tracks. All right. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read it um, verbatim, so I don't know what's in here, but let's find out. Okay, so Mark says, I feel like there are way too many post-apocalyptic tales out there and not enough about a wild road ship to save Earth from a devastating, albeit super dumb reason. So here's what I'm thinking. Twisted Metal is anything. An action RPG crossed with a burnout paradise open world that has the fabled clown go on a manic escapade through real world locations bent on ending uh, everything just because he can. Your chosen driver goes on pursuit, decked out in the latest tech and a cool racing jacket, of course, in the hope of avoiding disaster. Of, of avoiding dis- disaster and pocketing some cash from various NPCs along the way. Be mi- uh, but, be, but be mindful of Sweet Tooth's many minions who will do just about anything to put you down in at the... Uh, put, uh, fucking hell. Put you down and in the world. Samoa Joe cameos. Fuck yeah, he's got that, me. Right at the end, sounds, he got me in. That sounds like if Harlequin got with Batman... Like she just like steals all his tech and just like goes on a rampage because the world's <laughs> ending and tries to save everything. That sounds cool. That'd be dope. All right. Yeah, I don't hate uh, it. Ash. Ash is, Ash is a bit longer, so fucking here we go. Oh, big um, shocker. But he gives a shout out to one of my – to a game I did loved, uh, loved as a kid, so let's see if you can pick it up. Uh, again, <laughs> verbatim. Look, Twisted Metal has a weird, wonderful history. The games play fast and loose with canon. Mechanics can shift and shuffle, and finding an outcome that pleases the majority of fans is going to be a right kerfuffle. So my idea is simple. Take a leaf out of Ed Boon's books and refresh your franchise with the nonsensical but strangely fitting crossover game. But Ash, I hear you say, Twisted Metal is ve- vehicular combat game, not some sultry fighting game tart-like Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. <laughs> well, hold your horses, friend, because I do have a mind blower for you. No, because do I have a mind blower for you? Vigilante 8. Oh, shout out to my boy. Yeah, that 1998 vehicle game that meddled on the PlayStation. Fuck you, Ash. But absolutely smashed on, slammed on the Nintendo 64. It had outrageous characters, weird and wonderful vehicles, and a ton of carnage just waiting to slam into the ga- grander cast of Twisted Metal. Who doesn't want to see a lunar... Uh, Rover, suplex, and ice cream truck? What the fuck? What about a bloke <laughs> suspended between two giant wheels chasing down and exploding a school bus that has gaseous fart as its signature move? Story-wise, you can borrow the best avenues of both games to create something unforgettable. Pinch the 1975-era setting of Vigilante 8 and slam in an otherworldly presence of Calypso and his twisted metal tournament have factions erupt between both titles, with new friends, with new friends and enemies collaborating for the first time. 
What the Create fuck is Vigilante 8? It's like a Twisted Metal game. Uh, create a game that lifts the best of both offerings and somehow create a new rich experience moving forward. To continue with the weird Mortal Kombat analogy, people keep feeling the MK vs. DC was, a re- was really the main launching point for what Mortal Kombat is today. So why not crib from their white paper and pave the way for a whole new world of Twisted Metal? And Vigilante 8, because fuck it, why not? I need my boogie boy back with his lethal, with his lethal disco ball. Ash Whaling. Phone number. Sorry for interrupting. I thought it was done, but then in classic Ash Whaling <laughs> fashion, it kept going. <laughs> Nothing wrong Love with the death. extra, you know? Fucking hell. Another oh, round. It's always nice. All right, someone else can talk now because I am fucking out of breath. Um, James, it seems you look so yeah. enthusiastic to be here and chat your twisted metal pitch. <clears throat> yeah. All right. So we were just talking before about how car games need better narratives, right? Oh. So for me, my pitch for the Twisted Metal reboot is Twisted Metal Runaways. This will be a Bonnie and Clyde type story, uh, but it can also be like Bono and Clive or Bonnie and Clydella. You can basically choose the genders of the, of the lovers is, is the concept I'm running with here. Uh, you play as a, a pair of lovers who are on the run from old mate clown, Sweet whose tooth. name I asked before the show. Sweet Tooth, thank you. Uh, from Sweet Tooth, um, you will customize two cars to do this. You'll be able to switch between the two cars to essentially offer you mechanical differences for whatever you need on each event. It's not going to be open world. I want like a relatively linear narrative experience here with either hardcore combat races as well as mild open zone combat situations kind of peppered throughout. I also want some quantum break flavor up in here, some live action cutscenes to to break up things done in a very like sort of grindhouse cheesy method to get around the fact that, you know, the players or genders will be swapped out and customized. I don't know, you could do something done with that, like have them always be off screen being spoken to or whatever. Like it's twisted metal. It doesn't have to be, you know, particularly good or interesting. Um, that's my pitch. <laughs> twisted metal runaways. I like it. <clears throat> nice one. Pandering like to the crowd Cute. with the quantum break. Yeah. yeah, Quantum Break, queer romance, linear. It's all Just happening for us on well There you it's go. Yeah. There's a Zach Jackson in the middle of that Venn diagram. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <fucking lovely. coughs> Nathan. Yeah, okay. So well, this one's going to... I've got a packed one for you. You want to hear d- about my pitch, don't you? No, I don't. I actually want to hear from Rhiannon. I was just saying, Nathan, let's get excited for Rhiannon's pitch. Well, let's um, do that. I'm excited. Okay. Go around. Right. <laughs> my my pitch isn't as uh you probably unique as James's is because I don't think I think Twisted Metal is so it's not as it's not as deep as people want it to be, like the story behind it, right? You have to add something else into there, right? So for me, I think the best direction for the Twisted Metal franchise would be to team up with either Forza or Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, yes. hear, hear me out, hear me out. The style the style of Twisted Metal would lend really, really great in Fortnite because people are going to want to run around like a crazy clown. You know what I mean? Like that's already, you already got your market there. Plus I'm imagining that there's sort of an overtaking of the world. It's very easy to do for them. They can do it for the season. They can have, you know, like, Anything that they want. They can also customise the cars to have weapons on them. I think it would be really cool. You can have mini battle royales inside the game. 
it'd be a vibe. We'd be here for it. If Forza Horizon were to do it, like how they did Hot Wheels, you have your limited run of cars. I know that some car companies don't like their vehicles to be damaged heavily because uh, I know there's only a percentage of the car that they like to be damaged. So maybe the car companies that are okay with their car being absolutely destroyed um, would be fine. But sort of like a Rocket League, Battle Royale, you know, like big stadiums, you know, like I'm imagining like all those, you know, Forza crowd people like surrounding and, yeah, I think I think that could be really cool. So having Twisted Metal but more as a brand on top of another game I think would be more successful for them. That's my idea. Cool. Nice. Definitely uh, very unique. Um, it's so, just yeah. like that you've pretty correctly distilled just Twisted Metal to an aesthetic as opposed to anything anyone really is passionate about, you know. <laughs> the right way to go probably. Yeah. Like, I could get behind a... Twisted Metal takeover of Fortnite. I can see that being a good Those cars fun. aren't not fun to yeah, control. Yeah, agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Nathan, I want to hear yours now. Do you want to hear about how, like, leading up to this podcast, I misunderstood the assignment and had a like, <laughs> completely different pitch prepared or just jump straight into uh, the good one? Tell me that because you're not, the, you're not the only person. Apparently Mark did as well. Yeah, excellent, excellent. So, yeah, I completely butchered this and I thought you wanted a different vision of an adaptation. So, I was going to just quickly pitch a like a like like an animation, like almost like an anime-type thing with maybe like a crossover of like Castlevania's producer, Adi Shankar, with uh, like Trigger Inc., the Cyberpunk Edge Runner mm-hmm. studio, and just go wild. Just go absolutely wacky because obviously you don't mm-hmm. have those constraints of budget that you get with live action where you've got to film half your episodes in like backlots and shit like that. You can definitely see these backlots have been used before. Just to, just to time you out for one quick second, we do actually yeah, have an article that is on the website that where we do speak about games we would love to see as TV shows. Um, so if you want to check what, what we want to see, uh, you can go read that. Uh, Carry on, please. That was terrific. Yeah, excellent. That is very relevant. Uh, so moving that aside, so that that obviously I put a bit of thought into that. But let's take that idea, transplant that onto the video game side of things. So let's go something maybe like a, like a more mid-budget uh, spin-off for Twisted Metal. Let's go a top-down game, take more of a like an animation or anime aesthetic and give it a kind of like twin-stick driving shooting kind of feel. Uh, dump it in cities where you can kind of take the the ceiling off of like mall plazas and stuff like that. So the cameras, as I say, it's like top down, but you're encouraged to like go in and out of like mall complexes and different shops and different buildings. And there's a em- big emphasis on environmental destruction. So triggering like things that might go boom as you're going through uh, different locations, buildings, etc. So just really trying to monopolize as much as they can on that mid-budget creativity and get away with with a little top-down uh, abstraction of the graphics and sort of level up the creativity. Nathan, did you ever play GTA Chinatown Wars? Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, man. I was thinking yes. along those lines. Nice. That's what it was. exactly what I'm getting from this, and I'm very here for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So obviously the, 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 the lead that I've buried is obviously it's going to be like a very multiplayer forward type thing. I don't think that this kind of title is going to solve anything with regards to storytelling shortfalls for this series. It's not trying <laughs> to do that. It's, just, it's trying to be kind of like games like... Uh, uh, no, I've lost my train of thought, but that's kind of the pitch in a nutshell. I, you know what? If I was 
you know, to go down that train of thought, imagine this, but like some wacky, like Bridgerton vibe, like completely just turn that upside down like that, that sort of. Yeah, I know, right? I know. Horse-drawn carriages. Exactly. <laughs> Let's go. Exactly. I, the yeah, gentleman's if, if that was the assignment, that's what I would go down because it's just wild and crazy. Why not? Rather than dropping bombs on one another, you're like shouting insults as your carriages pass. <laughs> no, just like hand, that would hand be fun. or stuffed muskets. Oh, yeah. yeah There'd be a lot of, of dead horses in that game. Just like a staggering amount. I'm just just going to flag that right now. A bit of a vibe moment maybe, but... Building up that glue microtransaction currency. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> mm, Adam, what did you... Uh... So, Zach, this afternoon you messaged me saying you better have your Twisted Metal pitch ready like Bloody you yeah, thought I that I would had forgotten or something and you were dead no, right. You he did, did the same to me I knew, as well. I knew you'd be, I oh, knew you would have done it well. That's why I, I left you second last. I yeah, absolutely. I definitely didn't forget. But so what we think of Twisted Metal, right? We think of lots of action, big explosions, cars being behind the wheel of said cars, right? Do you know what we mm. don't think about and what we should think about is the logistics that goes oh. behind <laughs> putting together that kind of a tournament. So okay. Calypso, old mate that can grant you a wish at the end of the tournament, do you think those things get put together just at the blink of an eye? No, nah, there there's paperwork to be signed. There's deals to be organized. So I'm suggesting Twisted Metal comes back as a management sim. <laughs> it's like you players make players a wish for, for petrol heads. So think like football manager, but instead of football players, you've got deranged serial killers and escaped convicts. So you need to scout for potential races. Uh, you need to sign them up to the tournament. You've got to take into account personalities, right? They're personalities. They can't be too crazy. There's like a, a crazy meter. You've got to, yeah. yep. <laughs> but like, you got to have not like enough your crazy. Hardened, they're too boring. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> got to have your hardened cops who want to, you know, get in there and change the world. You've got to have old needles cane driving around in a, in a big, whatever car he is, the, the clown bastard. Uh, vehicle types and so on. Like you can't just have all monster trucks. How boring! You've got to have a variation there. Uh, got to keep in a things horse-drawn carts and penny farthings. <laughs> exactly. You've got to get your horses in there. You got to, you know, if it's the same thing week after week, people get bored. Got to throw in some events. Got to get in some special attractions. And uh, old mate Calypso, he's some malevolent bastard. So he he probably has some deity that he is is pleasing with the tournament. So you can have some sort of gauge as to how appeased they are. Uh, and yeah, you then grant a wish at the end of it. And there's, I don't know, some fucking story that goes along with it. I don't know. <laughs> You're in it for the the numbers and Look, all the, I'm hearing, the contracts. Not all I'm the hearing is clown tycoon. Like I've played mm. zoo tycoon. You're on the right track. Yeah, You're right. on the right track. And I think that's what the Twisted Metal game fanatics, that's what they're really crying out for. That and Thong Song, apparently. Right. Well, thank you for that one. Oh, uh, worries, mate. <laughs> okay. Well, I have gone with a working title called... Let me just get it up here. Oh, it's called God. Twisted Metal Survive. It is a... It's going to be rebooted as a first-person shooter because we know that <laughs> fucking Big, big, big uh-huh. Phil 
Big Phil's taking away our Call of Duty. I was going to say, this already so, sounds like an Xbox title. <laughs> so PlayStation, PlayStation needs their first person shooter. They've got 10 years to make it. So here we go. I'm, you know, I'm giving it to them for free now. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's actually going to be, it's going to be a first person uh, shooter, but it's going to be a heist, uh, a multiplayer heist game. So with two kind of distinct uh, styles. So... Uh, essentially the story is I haven't really fleshed this part out. I've kind of just winged this part, but essentially something's happened, right? And the, 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 the world is post-apocalyptic, whether it's some disease and there's infected in the world or Calypso has just come and rained his fucking demonic plague down and there's creatures and monsters in, in the world. That's to be decided. You know, I've got to have a chat with uh, David Jaffe about that one. But um, <laughs> the idea is that you are in teams of three, so you 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 go and then and there's packages. So there maybe it might be medicine, it might be weapons, it might be whatever, it might be t-shirts, it might be jorts. Who who knows? But there's a package out in the in the world that you have to go and get. But there's other, there's two other teams. So there's three teams competing for this package, right? And this package actually, uh, or the um, and, and you pick them. So you pick like you know whether you want to get medical stuff, whether you want to get food or whatever, and that plays into your colony. So you have a colony that you got to look after, right? So you got to bring back and make sure make sure that your colony is sustained. Um, and you know, sure, everyone can play as you know Sweet Tooth or whoever that you know that they will want to be. But so what happens is you know it's kind of like Hunt Showdown, whereas you go and you find the package and then you got to extract, right? And that's where the second part, where the car combat comes in. So in order to extract, you actually have to get into your car so rather than you know a game like payday for example where you uh, get into you know you put the things in the thing and then you get to the the car and then you wait for the thing to count down you know extracting in 10 seconds or whatever it may be and then you just fuck off and you're back in the safe house you've actually got to extract that's where the car combat comes in so then you turn into this it moves into this round two of this mission and you're in the car combat now there's obviously going to be a bit of a buff for the people that actually you know they, they actually get the package whether it's like double health or some form of, you know, incentive. Um, but essentially the other team can then destroy your car. So you've got to make it back to the safe zone before you either die um, or you or you got to wipe out the other players in car combat. And if they, if they kill you, they can actually collect the package uh, from you and then they've got to make it back to their own safe zone in this arena world thingy. Yeah. All right, I see potential cool. there. Yeah, we could Very just. Good. You know what I'm thinking? Survive. <clears throat> I'm thinking we could just combine all of our ideas and just chuck them into one game. <laughs> but mm. like GTA style, but like for this what a hot mess. Management sim in the background. Queer story. <laughs> well, there was businesses. Yeah, yeah there this was is that quadruple A level of development. You know, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I respect the vision. Yeah, Hit PlayStation us up. doesn't have a. Quadruple A studio, so that's out the window. Isn't it? <laughs> some good ideas, though. I feel, I feel like we all had some PlayStation. Very, you heard like it here very, first. Very, very different ideas. That, yeah, very, very different. That ideas. all worked out way better than I was expecting from yeah. Twisted Metal Reboot. So I'm very happy yeah. with how that that um, panned out. That reminds me of the the PAX one that we did that that, that time, the Aussie Game Pitch, where we all oh, old timer. That is that is a good one. Um, what, what was Kieran's uh, dating sim? I'm not. I, I am here to fuck spiders. That's <laughs> <so good. laughs> that that and your emu wars are the two that stand out in my mind. Yeah, great emu wars. Yeah. Pure video game material. <laughs> All right. James, it's your time What's to up? shine, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. The news. 
It's time for the news. Get excited. So massive headlines starting off this week. Uh, Microsoft has won its FTC case. Uh, it is now pledges ongoing COD support for PlayStation platforms as well. So there's obviously been an ongoing uh, news story. We've discussed it absolutely to death here on the podcast, but it does worth saying. Uh, so this was uh, Judge Corley's decision. She has stated, often considering the party's voluminous and pre and post hearing written submissions and having held a five day evidentiary hearing, the court denies the motion for a preliminary injunction. The FTC has not shown it is likely to succeed on its assertion that combined firm uh, will probably pull Colt Pull Call of Duty from Sony PlayStation or its ownership of Activision content was substantially less in competition in the video game library subscription and cloud gaming markets. Uh, not particularly surprising to anyone here, I don't think. You know, we talked about this last week, but the FTC's showing wasn't amazingly strong. Um, you know, I still think it's it's important that these battles are fought, if if not if just for the the discovery process that we all had, right? The emails, the kind of exposure of of the the bones of this machine. Uh, so really enjoyed all that stuff still. Um, and yeah, COD is coming to PlayStation along with uh, Steam and Nintend- Nintendo platforms, quote unquote, for another decade. Mm, but what happens then? And what happens to the other franchises? You'll be 50 and you won't care. Well, well the right we're going. now and I don't care. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, let's say like Diablo 5, for example. Mm. Is oh, Starcraft yeah, no. 3 that's currently in development? Yeah. This. Yeah, it's, it's would you just play that on consoles though? I mean, well, you fucking split hairs, aren't you? Mate? Play Diablo right. on console. <laughs> yeah, no, but PC like Game Pass. Well. But I feel like Diablo's been on consoles that has an established. Um, all right, <clears> your <throat> example was better than mine. I was just trying to contribute to the conversation. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying but is, no, so I, I, I've I've had this conversation because obviously, like a lot of the circles that I talk in, I'm probably one of the very few people who does play World of Warcraft, and they're kind of like, oh, well, what are they going to do? Put it on an Xbox, and I'm like, well, it won't be anything like what you experience on a PC, so it will have to be another another story within the what for in this instance Warcraft it'll be another story that's suitable for the console platform so yeah like honestly it's just exciting like i um yeah didn't think of that that'd be cool yeah because i mean the Warcraft spin-off yeah so Warcraft Warcraft 2 and 3 and then they moved into this big MMO like you can probably take it way back to those origins and bring that to the console i think that'd be really cool do we feel like because COD is sticking with multi-platform that, like you were kind of alluding to, Zach, everything else that they well, they said they that. bring out of Activision Blizzard is just going to be... They are the words that they said. That, that there was a statement that they gave to, might have been VGC, I think, or one of those, The Verge maybe, um, and it said that the deal is for Call of Duty and only Call of Duty. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't... You don't have to really read between the lines there, do you? It's so, like, you, your Crash Bandicoots, your Spyros, your, like like I said, your Diablos. Yeah. That's, oh, no, are you saying just, that that's not what they back. cared about or they only cared about Call of Duty? But I well, feel I like think they- the FTC and PlayStation made their arguments really around. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, but that came up because yeah. Sony was bringing it up. They were like, don't take Call of Duty away from us. Like, <clears> I think they were making it the issue, not Xbox. Yeah. But I'm I don't really give a shit who, who which of the the two large, massive mega corporations care about. I'm more concerned about like who's going to be able to play on what 
and yeah, I mean, Call of Duty obviously is the one that they care about because it's the absolute fucking mountain of money. But there are yeah, there are so many other IPs they're gonna get it, gonna get caught up in it. That- Sorry, how much money did Candy Crush make last year? <laughs> yeah, sure. we don't play that on a console. Um, <laughs> uh, no, no, anyway. but they will own that. But mm. we've spoken about Candy Crush. Let's let, let's not deviate too far because yeah, we will look, just get into another huge discussion. We do like to do this discussion a lot. Sorry, yeah. it just, um, so tired but what I'm saying it. it just goes back to what I said last week about how you're, you're taking established IPs that have existed on other consoles yeah. and platforms for a long time, and you know, paywalling them off to another whole platform, which I think is a dick move. But mm. you know, ten but years, anyway. Baby, well, well, yeah, which puts it, what, midway through the PS6, right, when Call of Duty will just stop being on a PlayStation. Well, um, whether they continue the agreement, who's to know, but... Yeah. I'd also love to see the particulars. Like, is it Call of Duty parody on PlayStation or can it just be yeah. the Call of Duty brand appearing on the PlayStation? Um, so do they just get spin-off titles, a la, like, the Wii U <laughs> kind of era? Well, that's dark, James. Don't go there. It's uh, just a look, head shake in the car park, mate. So who the fuck yes. knows what it was... <laughs> Jim Ryan just spat in his hand. I was like, come on. <laughs> this I think this feels like it's one of the, it's, it's too big of a game to take away from another platform. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you would have said that about Starfield. It doesn't matter. We've done this. We, 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 we cannot possibly <laughs> do this no. again. No. I like it. We all it. know how we feel about it. No. I've got to, I've got to move us along. But also um, said no. no to while we are nice. still on Microsoft. Um, so Xbox Game Pass Core is going to be replacing the Xbox Live Gold membership. Uh, as of September 14th, you'll be paying $10.95 a month or $79.95 annually for the Xbox Game Pass Core program. Is that um, pricing or? I, is it? Um, yeah, yep, yep. Amazing. Good on They Adam. just changed their um, names. Uh, yes, basically, because you're still going to have access to the same, like the online functionality and whatnot. Uh, there will be 25, uh, no, <clears throat> some, some number Over of Over 25. Over 25 games available on launch. Um, I guess highlights uh, Among Us, Doom Eternal, Fallout 76, if you're still into that, Halo, Halo Wars, Senua's Sacrifice. You know, uh, Elder Scrolls Online on there, uh, being in there, I think is actually quite interesting. Um, so, you know, you get like a, a decent little chunk of games. Oh, this is the, that core Game Pass experience. What really I find cool. most interesting about this is that it's $1 cheaper than just a basic Game Pass subscription. So why the fuck would you not just sign up for basic Game Pass? Which it's- I wonder is the point. I was just about to say, as if that isn't the point of, it's like the iPhone thing of there's one that is $1,000, but then there's one that's considerably better for $1,200. It's like it's a product that's there to push you to the bigger. uh, I believe the one, I know it's $1 cheaper, but it has the online aspect. Is that right? Yes, it does. That's what I was going to Yeah, so I I wouldn't purchase the online part for my eight-year-old child who wanted to play mm-hmm. on the Xbox but did want to access Game Pass. Does Game Pass not inherently give you access to these, like, online functionality features, though? Not like that. Not in, in-game, no. I thought ult- I thought you had to go, like, ultimate or whatever. Oh, mm. that's, uh, Cause okay. My, nah, whenever sure. I go sit down, Pass, James. I they're they're dead right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Apologies. Wow. That's gnarly, but okay. So sure. yes, it's one dollar more expensive, but yeah, that's the reason why right. someone would pay for it. Yeah, it almost. Yeah, it almost kind of appeals to me actually. What a strange, strange concept. Anyway, yeah, that's, um, 
Bouncing over to the boys in blue, PlayStation Access Controller has been priced and dated. This thing will be coming out on December 6th. Pre-orders are going live July 21st. It will set you back around 130 Australian dollars. Um, just good. Just a net good for the industry, right? There's no real yep. you know, downside to any of this. Maybe a, a little pricey, um, but I guess the cost of a DualSense is more than that at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty comparable, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That's Excellent. Awesome. Good stuff. Uh, Pokemon Sleep is out in Australia on iOS and Android devices. I do not understand any of this. <laughs> is that that little um, device thing? That little... You can... Yeah, it pairs to it. It's it's like... It captures Pokemon fuck. without you pressing yeah. the button. But no, it goes it's with you? The, you, can, you can use it for that. That's more for Pokemon Go, um, okay. which it can be used for. I needed to... I wrote the article for this and I still have no fucking idea what it is. It's... It's like a lifestyle app, I suppose. So it tracks your sleep. The more you sleep, the more Pokemon you attract to like fill out kind of like a pseudo Pokedex. Do Pokemon really watch me sleep? sleep? <laughs> that's they? kind of Sar- sarcasm. <laughs> no, but like that's how I read and when into I, it as well. And when I'm I like, open my phone and it's like, you have 20 Pokemon and like you look at it and it's like the, and they're like around you. Like that's scary as hell. It's a weird sleep. It's a weird <laughs> thing, yeah. So does that link into Pokemon Go or Scarlet nah. and Violet or Nah, it's its own standalone thing, but the device that you can get the Pokemon Go fucking plus oh, ultra mega uh, super, whatever the fuck yeah, it the is. Yeah, the little now. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can use it for both. So you can use it for Pokemon Go Got and it. Pokemon Sleep. It's Let's- fucking weird, but if you wanna sleep with a Machamp, then I suppose download it, because you can. You get James. it. You get it, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Queensland Game Festival 2023 is taking place on July 22nd, and there are a boatload of playable games there. Um, this is a free event held at the Brisbane Powerhouse. Um, you know, if you're into My Little Pony, Bears in Space, Bears in Space, a bunch of VR cool. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Hmm? Bears in Space looks kind of cool. Cool, cool. Yeah, sick. Um, uh, limited Run Games Showcase. Uh, so if you're not unaware, Limited Run Games is a publisher and distributor of uh, very specific collector's editions and rare games. Uh, they recently announced a massive slate of upcoming titles, including some bunch of remasters. Uh, for I think for us, highlights are the Gex Trilogy, uh, Castlevania Advanced Collection, uh, Chicory is getting a really cool collector's edition, and my personal favorite, Clock Tower, is getting a remaster. Cannot hey, fucking wait for Out this. of nowhere, Randy Clock Tower. Truly, yeah. Is this the one where... Tumba? Tomba? Oh, they didn't do Tomba as well, did yeah. they? Oh, that got, yuck. That, that got announced as a... I don't know if it's part of the same thing. Shanti did as well. Um, Ash will be keen oh, for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they did. Tumba. How did, you, did, you not, did we not even talk about that? I don't know why What's I'm doing Tumba? Like, some sort of... I think I that's... No Tumba yeah. is like one of the <laughs> weirdest platformers on what the PS1. What fucking mean, mate? I used to emulate that game like a week... No, not a week ago, but I've done it. I've played it like last year. It's, it's like, definitely something that... It's like you have to play it. Like it's one of those PS1 series that you, you have to play, it, but you'll surely. probably only play 30 right. minutes of it. It's the pig yeah, okay. game. Pig, pig boy game. Pig He's boy. a little beast boy, little the, Tarzan yeah. kid. He's got pigs and stuff. It's getting further away from something I recognize. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. I, I also I'm love the so thought with of you. Zach sitting there with his PS1 playing this fucking pig game with his lunar liquor or whatever the fuck it was called. <laughs> oh, I think, think Tumblr also had like anime cutscenes. Me and Diana, baby. Oh. 
<laughs> Great. You know what else Diana's into, I reckon, is uh, Banishers Ghosts of New Eden, oh, which has gotten a release date. This is from Focus oh. Entertainment and Don't Nod. PS5, Xbox Series X and X, and PC on November 7th. I am. Exciting times. Keen. Peachy keen. For Peachy Diana. Keen. It's probably my most yes. anticipated game left. To, uh, sorry, to come this year still. Really? I reckon, yeah. Okay. Do frosting a bit of focus and a bit of don't nod. Yeah, that's a killer combination. Is it? Very French. I would yes, you have to yell really don't nod now. <laughs> uh, yes. But, yeah, but, with, but with an ever so slight pause because it's two words. Yeah. <laughs> don't nod. <laughs> uh, and that's the news. Shout out to the news. Thank there you. was one bit of news that I wanted to talk about, but I've forgotten the link. I don't remember. Always what it does was. it. Can I can I shout out something? Of course. Of course. Speaking speaking of news, um, if if you are a Perth gamer, shout out to all my Perth gamers out there. Um, we don't we don't get much out here, uh, probably because we're so gosh darn far away. Um, but this particular event will be held in Sydney, Melbourne, Canberra, Brisbane and Adelaide as well as Perth. Hey. We have the uh, Dr. Jeff Brand. He's going to be presenting his findings. Uh, he's part of Bond University. Presenting his findings on an 18-year study about gaming. Uh, yeah, so that's going to be part of a series called Australia Plays. Uh, they're going to be talking about their findings across those states. Uh, it's going to be really cool. Uh, I'm heading to the one in Perth. I will probably, I'm probably automatically electing myself to actually talk about this and write something about this. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I love, I love a good like scholarly article about research in gaming. So. Definitely check it out. Um, if you go to the IGEA uh, Twitter page, it's a free event. Uh, sign up. Go go check out some uh, scholarly academics around gaming. Cool. Very nice. Very good. Very, very exciting. Um, always good to get more Aussie game dev stuff, whether it's uh, industry stuff or games. But the news that I did want to talk about just very quickly, um, and because I know we're, we're kind of going a long time now, but... Uh, Payday 3. So there was news this week that Payday 3 was confirmed to be always online. I'm just reading from the from the, the gamer here because uh, they were open, but uh, it says that fans cancel pre-orders in protest. Now, this is kind of like blowing my mind a little bit. Um, I know we had this kind of this banter, this back and forth tussle in the, in the Slack the other day, but um, who cares? Like who is playing... Fucking payday offline, you loser. Go and play with some actual people. No. By the time Aww. you're playing it offline, the game's dead. So, like, because yes. you can play online. Like, if you're if you load into a, a map or like a heist, right? You and there's no one uh, with you. You do have bots or AI companions, right? So, I just don't get it. Like, what what is the purpose of playing offline? Is there a campaign that you can complete in single player? No. Then there shouldn't be an campaign. option. But it's just basically, I mean, if it, let's just say it works the same way as Payday 2, it basically brings up a map, you choose the mission you want to okay. go and do, and you go and do that. 
you can't do that. Mission. So if I want to do a heist, right, do I have to find three other people to do a heist with and it will match make me? No. No. It no. will do AI. So if it's just me and the AI, yeah, that's it. And I think someone can just like drop in like back. So it might, it, it might like do, you know, do its thing where it looks for a squad for 30 seconds or whatever it may be. Right. And then, but mm. after, if you can't, if you can't find people, she just loads it and, I feel because I did when I did that preview, I've still got the build right. So I actually went and did a, a solo. To, well, I didn't finish them, but I tried to um, one of the levels, and it just yeah, I just had three other AI companions. Just went through it and did that. So I, I don't I don't get the the beef around this offline mode. And then people talk talk about couch club. I mean, come on, mate. How often do you play with your friends in person these days? And also, if you are gonna hang out with your friends, why are you playing Payday Three? You know what? Fine. If you all, yeah, I'm with you. If if we all lived near each other, we'd do the podcast like together. So don't even start with that. That's very very different though. I feel like that 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 is something that would be fun. You wouldn't play couch co-op. Not payday if, three, no. Yeah, I want to see half not, your screen. It's not quite the experience. Oh yeah, okay, couch, yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> no, like you know, if we're playing like FIFA, sorry, EA Sports FC twenty four, or for playing a racing <laughs> game, you know, with it is yeah, good yeah. to play in. In or Diablo Four. Can you play that split screen? Diablo oh, yeah. Four. And yeah, you can. Brilliant. Would that yeah. be wild? Is that too much going on? No, it's actually fantastic. Uh, they've oh. used some really smart camera techniques and that to manage the chaos. When I it's think it's, if it's top down, shared. it should be like I don't think that'd be too jarring. Mm. But, um, that that game's also a really good example of something that I think. E- you should be able to play that offline if you want to. Like there should be a way to download sort of the latest server information, cut it, and then enjoy your thing. Then you can upload your save afterwards or whatever. I guess if the anti-cheat concerns and whatnot. But like broadly ideologically, I think you should be able to play most things not Eh. connected to the internet. Um, Something like a Fortnite is a really good example of something that would make absolutely zero sense. But Mm -hmm. if you can populate a match with AI, I don't see why people shouldn't have the option to fuck around with it. But that's just me. Anti-cheat know. in Payday 3? I just don't get like... Yeah, I mean, exactly. Who, <laughs> who doesn't have gives the internet a shit? Yeah. if you're playing video games? Like, but what if the internet drops out? Then go play something else. Go, go read a book. Don't gatekeep. Look <laughs> at that guy. Go read a go book. Go read a book. Look, I... Go and read a well-played article. The, the, the thing <laughs> is, right, like, when, when we have these conversations, <laughs> it's... You know, you, you, you're arguing against like hypothetical situations, right? Like, mm. it's, you've always got to imagine a specific instance in which somebody would like to use the product they've purchased, but they can't because the internet's gone out. That sucks for that person, right? And mm. I think that holding and back functionality that oh, way. I'm sure. Zach says, fuck that one person. Yeah, basically, like, well, I just think, like, if you can't wait, like, X however time it's going to be for the internet to come back on to play Payday 3, you got fucking issues, mate. Like, um, like literally just play something else like or, or do if, something else. No, what if it's, you more, as a, like, it's more the sense social of... Social anxiety online. What What if you uh, like just simply your, don't want set to your play settings to be played play, no, no. by yourself? I'm talking about well, the why rog. Why can you do that offline? I'm talking about the rog ally. What, what's, what's the point? Like what um, is like why? Portable gaming, you, guys. Portable gaming. That's what this is for, okay? Offline mode. Server <laughs> interaction to down to up to buy new weapons and do other bullshit that they've got to do. These online games, yeah, because all your all your account bound progression is synced yeah, with, a, like with just, a server and stuff. No, you should mm. you should have enough space. Like if you have a rog ally, right? 
playing this game. I'm, you know, I'm on, on an airplane. It doesn't have Wi-Fi. Like I want to play this game. It should save my game on the device. Once I reach a Wi-Fi location or connect to Wi-Fi, yeah. it should upload that progress. Like I don't know why I'm penalized for not being online. Like that's something that doesn't make sense to me. And But yeah, I'd, I'd also then examine Diablo 4 under that same scenario though. Because Diablo 4 doesn't have offline. Yeah, and I think that that sucks, especially, like, you know, Fortnite, you don't pay for it, right? Like, you, you are yeah. just interacting with you in the server. Right? That that makes total sense to me. Diablo is a $90 product. Like, that is, mm. and that is a fully-fledged game with, you know, shit on the disc that you could, in theory, just play without an internet connection. And, like, yeah, you wouldn't be able to do the connectivity stuff, but for a lot of people, especially with something like Diablo... The, you know, the sense of isolation in that world was important to them. And so losing that because of that online connectivity actively fucks with the experience that they've built around Diablo. And with Payday 3, yeah, it absolutely sounds like why would I ever want to play this game single player? I completely agree. But the option should be there. I just I just don't get, like, why a multiplayer online-centric game needs to have an offline mode. Like, like if you've got... If you've, Grown up playing Deblo one through to four, like you know what Deblo is by this stage, right? If you don't have mm. the internet, I mean, what shit out of luck. Yeah, I hard hard disagree <laughs> with the Diablo side of things, but I mean, <clears throat> sure. Better start using your look. I, I get it, but I can also <laughs> I can also see from a reboot your own. <laughs> I can I can I can argue both sides. You know, we, I, I we live like in such a connected world these days. It should it should be a thing that we're we're always online. That there's no reason for us not to be. Um, but there are situations where we might be offline, and I can tell you right now, there's a lot of bored people on airplanes. And if I can't, if I can't play my favorite game, Payday, on my Rog Ally <laughs> offline, and my progress doesn't save, oh boy, I'm gonna be a mad girl. Just saying. Now, if I yeah, if you if Zach ends up doing the review for Payday and that enthusiasm ain't in there, not really a fan. I don't see why we're having this argument. Mm. Mm. Look, like, like, like the people I do feel sorry for are the people in like remote areas, sure, but like I have mm. I have Starlink for a reason. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But I tell you what, if there's an electrical storm, I'm fucked. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I still think like playing that game, playing that game in an offline mode would be such an inferior experience to be like, why would you even bother? Like, but it's my favorite game, Zach. Yeah, super fan over here. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll lose the internet. <laughs> uh, anyway, off topics. Let's quickly whip through them. I don't even have a nice film of the week, so there you go. Cop that Mission impossible. Was that oh, I watched that literally last night. Yeah, that's the 90s. I think it's 99 because <laughs> 90, Mission 96. Impossible 2 Oh, yeah, like... it sneaks in. Yeah, yeah you're 96, right. baby. 96. 96. Yeah, yeah you're right. Mm. Watched it last night. Good. Anna, cause First Anna one. Hasn't, yeah, Anna's not seen them, so. CGI's a bit wonky-donky at the end, yeah, but it's still a good time. it's been a long time since I've seen that. I, re- I reckon I saw it probably in like fucking 99 was the last time I saw it. You're right. Um, but yeah, decent. Still Anything good. else? Still good. Anything else we want to share? Uh, I saw Mission Impossible 7. <laughs> How's that? Yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was good. It was fine. Just another Mission Impossible. Fun time at the cinema. I watched all the Mission Impossibles um, <laughs> over the past week because I hadn't have seen this conversation. <laughs> most of them. 
Um, fun series. Best. Very what uneven. Would if, what would happen if you ran out of internet, though? Could you watch it in offline mode? No, uh, you fucking couldn't, sure. Zach. That would be a problem. <laughs> um, Fallout is the best one, I think. Yeah? Yeah. Maybe I've got to rewatch it. Yeah, no, I, I loved it. I also love the J.J. Abrams one, much to my surprise. Um, I, I thought it's 3 fun. was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, really didn't like Rogue Nation, though. Or Rogue... No. Was it Ghost yeah, Protocol Rogue, I didn't like? No, Rogue Nation's the one that most folks are a bit slim on. It's the fifth one. Which is the one in Dubai. Is that Dubai's, Ghost Protocol? Dubai's go, Ghost Protocol. Yeah, fuck that movie. That are is you a, serious? That is a sexless James, back slog. In your box. No, he, no, no, He no, knows no, no, when no. he's got his finger on a controversial statement. He's like, this is clearly good. I'm going to hate it. So get everyone all rest up. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like, I loved Fallout. Everyone loved Fallout. I'm, I'm, I'm good with the, the crowd. You know, it's fine. I just thought that, yeah, that one was not good. What the? This guy. Yeah. Um, just on that topic, what do we think very, very quickly of uh, the strike? Scientology. Oh, Scientology. <laughs> oh the strike. Yes. <laughs> I can yes, go the strike. Then, I say, yeah. I hope it revolutionizes. Yeah, yeah revolutionize the industry. Some of those yeah. Yeah. No, just, I understand that, but I just want to ask them. I just want to ask them, like, are they enjoying their lifestyle from all the times that they benefited from the working conditions? You know what I mean? Like, are they going to give up their, you know, million dollar mansions and all that stuff? Like, come and live like a regular person and then not go everyone, th- that not is, everyone that's striking is yeah living as a millionaire. Though, in fairness, it, it trickles. Well, all down. the ones that all the ones that are getting yeah. publicity are. Well, yeah, because they're like yeah, the figureheads of the heads. movement. But that right? makes yeah. them more popular and it makes them more yeah, money. To- totally agree. Totally agree. But I I do it's think that out. primarily this is about like you know standard quote unquote, you know, sort of working class actors at this point who are getting like two cent residuals from Netflix. Yeah. You know, like I, I do think that th- these issues don't bubble up because, you know, Tom Cruise needs another house. So it's it's because people like you and me are getting fucked over in, in, in pretty big ways. Uh, but I, 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 do, I get your, I take your point on the optics of it. I do think that's a narrative that sprung up is like, well, fuck those assholes. They already earn millions, but it's not about them. That's you know? interesting. So I must be in quite a bubble because I actually haven't at all encountered any real like celebrity voice on this. It's pretty much been exclusively white collar disdain. Right, you know, okay. the, was it, the, was the it, working class was writers and stuff. And, and, was it Pedro and, Pascal? And extras. Well, I did hear so, that they yeah. walked off. Pedro? They, no. They yeah, walked my, off the premiere of um, Oppenheimer. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Which is cool. Like, like you know, like you like you read that and you go, that's that's a cool thing for them to have done, I think. Did you hear about the red carpet premiere of Disney's Haunted Mansion? <laughs> yeah. Didn't even know they had a Haunted Mansion film coming so out. So there's a Haunted Mansion <laughs> reboot coming out with a really sick cast. Um, Danny DeVito, Tiffany Haddish, a whole bunch of names. But anyway, they just went to the, the like nice. theme park and got theme park actors to come and occupy the red carpet. Yeah. No. Look, I, look, look <laughs> all, all I'm saying is that, you know, Matt Damon wouldn't be walking out of the red carpet premiere of his film if this was his first film. You know what I mean? Mm. I didn't like, thought about the top end, yeah. Like it just, well, it seems for those people, I get that there is a real sense of disparity between the, the you know, the A-class uh, actors and then, you know, the, the C, D, E class. You know what I mean? There's a massive gap there. But I tell you what, there's not, they wouldn't be acting like this if they were down the bottom. You know what I mean? They would be trying to feed the machine, get better, try and please who they need to please. And I just, I feel like it's fake from that end. And I feel like it's giving the, the movie more publicity and I just find it disingenuous. That's, that's what I'm going to say. I think you're in kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation though. Cause like if you 
walk off, it can be seen as going off in solidarity for actors further down the food chain. Yeah. But if you don't, lines. yeah. But then if you don't, you seem like you're actively on the other side of the fence. So I think it's, yeah, it's a tricky spot to be in. It's also worth mm. noting the importance of the union because they're yeah. all mm. they're all paying and they're all paying proportion of what they're earning. Yeah, mm. I think I think mm. the the more the prominence of streaming is really going to affect this. Yeah, fuck streaming. Well, I, think I want them to open up from, their books. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I want to see exactly how much they're making on this shit because it's either a complete lie or they're hoarding a bunch of money, and yeah. both outcomes are disastrous. So, mm. um, yeah. But yeah, did you hear what? Um, Ron Perlman said, or just you watch <laughs> the video? Yeah. Um, he was just like, you know, you're going to threaten people with losing their, the houses pretty much, you know, there are more than one ways that, that, you know, that a person can lose their house and stuff like that. And he goes, you earn fucking $27 million a year or whatever it is, you know, and wait till people find out where you live or, or something like that. I can't remember. That's yeah. No, yeah. R- Ronnie's Ronnie's in the good fight. He's, he's a good one. Anyway. Um, cool. Anything more for off topics? Nah, let's wrap it up there. Uh, yes. Uh, cool. All right. So you can check out all the content on www.well-play.com.au. Thank you for everyone for listening. I hope you stuck around for that enlightening conversation across the board. Uh, if you do remember Loon Lick, fucking give us a shout out. Loon Lick at wellplay.com.au. Uh, respond to every personal email, even though that's the wrong address, but you'll figure it out. Um, like you're a dead horse, mate. No, Priorities. Diana, email Diana at loonlick at wellplay.com. <laughs> she'll, she'll, she'll sort it out. All right, cool. Have a, have a good weekend. And you people, I will speak to you next week. Farewell. Goodbye.